Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Rap Rewind. We are on episode 7? Uh yeah. Yes. Seven. Yes, seven. Yes. <laughs> um of the anthology of Eminem. Um today we will be discussing recovery um which we all have listened to very recently as of I listened to it today and you guys have been listening to it on and off last couple of days. Um and what a what a change between <laughs> relapse and recovery. Um, I actually listened to this all the way through. Well, except for one song, I just didn't get time to listen to. But I actually listened to the album. Um, Bro, can you believe this album's twelve years old now? Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> this <laughs> came really, out. Is it really been twelve years? Holy yeah. shit! It will. Yeah, it came out two thousand. Yeah, June 18th, yeah. 2010. Well, his singles came out in April. Well, his first single came out in April. Um, I definitely remember because it was right before my graduation, so I had to hear the shit out of that song. It's <laughs> uh, probably why I don't like the song. <laughs> uh, which one? Not Afraid? Not Afraid. I don't... Uh, not Afraid and Love the Way You Lie, I don't like because they're so pop for me. Mm. I get it. And yeah. we know how I feel about Eminem and his popping style music. It's not him. It's obviously the studio style kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But no, um, let's just hop into it. Um, so Recovery is the seventh studio album by Eminem. It was released June 18th, 2010 by Aftermath, Shady Records, Interscope. Um, and it served as the follow-up to Eminem's sixth studio album, Relapse, which during the Relapse episode, we talked about how a lot of these songs were supposed to be uh, a lot of the songs from recovery were supposed to be on relapse, but he saved them because he said it didn't fit the style, which is true. Um, yes. A lot of these songs, like I said, it's a completely drastic change from relapse. Like he actually put thought and effort and obviously he was going through his recovery process. Um, right. During. Go ahead. No, no, I, I would say anybody that, Listen to Relapse and was like, God, this blows. I'm not going to listen to another Eminem album. Go pick up Recovery. Go listen to it. I know it's 12 years old, but just the drastic change of style from Relapse to Recovery is, I mean, it's like night and day. Well, I, like how we, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was, I was just going to say that for me personally, and I know it might be a hot take what I'm about to say, I think Recovery is one of Eminem's best records. I don't think it's a hot take at all. Um, no, like we I talked about earlier, it might um, not. It might not be like I know some people are more partial to like the Marshall Mathers LP, and more people are more partial to uh, Kamikaze, which we'll get to Kamikaze later. Um, but for me, Recovery was just one of those records where it didn't matter where you come from, it didn't matter what your background was. It didn't matter, you know, if you were going through some shit or if you knew someone going through some shit. I felt like this record was one of those records to where anybody, regardless of who you were, you could relate to this particular album. And I think that's what makes a great album is the fact that you had multiple people, multiple different cultures, multiple different uh, styles, multiple different, you know, stories from people's lives, you know, that this album touched in a sense. Um, yes. Oh, like we talked about on relapse, it was relapse was definitely a slim shady album. Recovery is a Marshall matters, uh, matters album. 
Um, Most definitely. As, yes. as in it's more of him as Marshall actually putting himself on the tracks um, and it being more more uh, relatable. Um, but let me continue on. Um, production of the album took place during 2009 and 2010 at several recording studios and was handled by various recording producers including Alex the Kid, Just Blaze, Boy Wonder, Jim Joan, Jim Johnson, I mean, uh, DJ Khaled, that's Khalil? That's not DJ Khaled, it's Khalil, right? I think it's DJ Khalil, yeah, hold on, let yeah. me click. Uh, Mr. Porter and obviously Dr. Dre. This also had collaborations with artists like Pink, Lil Wayne, um, his own subgroup, Slaughterhouse, and Rihanna. A lot of people know about the Lil Wayne and Rihanna one. Yeah. Um, but Recovery featured, like we talked about, Re- Recovery featured more introspective and emotional content than its predecessor. And the theme of the album revolved around its positive changes, anxiety, and emotional drives, which is why this album is so much better. And obviously, there's a lot of things you can relate about this. Um, there's a few things, obviously, that me personally I can't relate to, but I've seen people go through the struggle of addiction and everything like that and how he he's so forward with his problems and how he talks about it and he knows it was so bad and he knows relapse was bad and he talks about it in this uh on this album too yeah and you know he apologizes about it and i think i think sober eminem is by far his his lyrical best um and that's kind of weird to say, knowing how good he was on Slim Shady LP, uh, Marshall Mather LP, and Encore, and Current Call. But his storytelling is so much better. In this album alone, he told more stories that I actually could picture without going back. I right, saw it yeah. as it happened. Um, yeah. And that's why I think even like, like Kamikaze, like you were talking about, Kamikaze is really good. Uh, Marshmallow LP 2 is really good. Um, Music Get Murdered By is really good too. And it's just because his lyrical content is better. But another thing that I enjoy about, especially this this particular record, is that a lot of songs, not I won't say a lot of them, but there were a couple of songs in here that had a, had a twist there toward the end to where you think Eminem's talking about one particular thing and he ends up talking about something completely different. And then you look back and you think of the lyrics of the song you're like oh shit he was really talking about that we thought he was talking about that and i'll explain which song i'm talking about upcoming uh when we actually get to the uh when we get to the uh track listing and stuff track listing. yes mm-hmm. um so recovery debuted at number one on the billboard 200 with work first week sales sorry um the sales were at seven hundred forty-one thousand copies in his first week that's Still really good, especially during 2010 when everything was going digital because that was the rise of iTunes and stuff. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, in, tw- in 2010, um, what all albums came out in 2010? I mean, that was that was the year that was... Uh, uh, my uh, Twisted Dark Fantasy is the only one I know off my off the cuff. Um, I think Kid Cudi dropped his first album. Yeah, I think so. Uh, um. Uh, well, there was a uh, lot. Hip hop was really strong. <laughs> yeah, um, it was uh, just off the ones that I'm looking at right now. Um, it was yeah, my twist, my my beautiful dark twisted fantasy by Kanye, which is uh, Kanye's greatest lyrical achievement. Uh, Teflon Dawn by Rick Ross, 
Shit, uh, yeah. Thank Me Later by Drake. Mm-hmm. Flock of Valley by Walk a Flock of Flame. Uh, see, uh, No Mercy by T.I. Uh, that came see, out in 2010? Wow. Yeah. I Am Not a Human Being by Lil Wayne. Oof. Pink Friday <laughs> by Nicki Minaj. Ugh. Uh, Trunk Music by Yellow Wolf. Uh, Man on the Moon 2, Kid oh, Cudi. No, 2 came out. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, HMF 2 by Lloyd Banks. Uh, B.O.B. Presents uh, The Adventures of Bobby Ray. Uh, see uh, Big Crit with what? Yeah, Big Big Crit uh, with Quit, Crit was here. Uh, Ludicrous Battle of the Sexes. Uh, I'm trying to look through and see who what else was on here. Uh, Bun B had Trill OG. Uh, Cushion Orange Juice by Wiz Khalifa. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else was. I'm, I'm looking through some of the and that, those those are the only ones that I could find. Did Jay Z uh, and know. Kanye not drop Watch the Throne in 2010 or was that 2012? Oh, hang on a second. I might be off on that. Uh, Watch the Throne was Watch the Watch the Throne was 2011. 2011. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I know after my Twisted Dark Fantasy, he him and Jay Z dropped that album, so I was like, man, that. I felt like it was the same year, but no, but no, um, no, Kanye, I'm telling you when we do the, whenever we get to it, we're not saying that's the next one or anything. When we do the rap, we went on Kanye. I'm telling you that album bring tears to your eyes. Uh, we'll definitely, I mean, we're definitely going to check it out. Obviously I lost my place. <laughs> oh, here you go. Um, so recovery debuted at number one. Um, so to 741 copies, it reached number one in 16 other countries. It spawned four singles, Not Afraid, um, Love the Way You Lie with Rihanna, No Love with, is that the one with Lil Wayne? Yeah. Yes. Yep. And Spacebound. Um, with the former two both reaching number one on the Billboard Hot 100, Recovery was the best-selling album worldwide and best-selling album in the U.S. 2010. The album received generally positive reviews by critics and was regarded as an improvement to Relapse. I sure hope so. I think anything Eminem <laughs> done after that would have been an improvement over relapse. Yeah. Well, I to mean, promote he could have kept with that, the style of relapse. I mean, you got to remember, there was supposed to be a relapse too. And he scrapped, yeah. he scrapped a lot of that because it wasn't the style he was going for. He had, the, right. he had a few of the songs that are on recovery that were supposed to be on relapse too. And you can tell. Too, yeah. Yeah. You, it, yes, you of. can. Um. Yeah, yeah. especially yeah. songs like "Almost Famous" and uh, "Almost Famous." Actually, did I was a little hesitant on whether or not it was supposed to be a relapse song or not. Well, yeah. the, when the very first line, you know what? We'll wait. We'll wait on that yeah. one. <laughs> I, I was going to um, say. Me, so, I mean, we could have got relapse too. Instead, we got recovery. So, don't say that anything he would have done next was going to be better. Well. I, I mean, was trying to be. Opt- I mean, I was trying to be optimistic. He could have pulled, pulled out the Pootie Tang and just did a silent album. Oh dear God! <laughs> no, 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 no Pootie Tang. No Pootie Tang. Pootie Tang is the greatest movie ever. That's a black exploitation film. So hard. Yeah. Um, was well, number two Soul Plane for you? Soul Plane is very black exploitation, but no. Um, no, number two is probably Blackula. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Oh, we'll talk um, about. We'll we'll talk about black exploitation films uh, on later. another episode. Yeah, Shaft, <laughs> Shaft, uh, Jackie I Brown. Uh, I, I kid you not. Jackie Those Brown, I'm hesitant about favorite 
black movies. Black exploitation films are some of my favorite movies ever. Uh, I'm gonna get you sucker, coolie high. Uh, I'm gonna get you sucker's not one really. Um, <laughs> black exploitation war is like so so in your face about how generically hood stuff is. Yeah. Like Leprechaun Back in the Hood is definitely a black exploitation film. Mm-hmm. Don't be a don't be a menace to South Central while drinking. That's a hood. parody on, but that's a parody on black exploitation though, because it was making but fun of still... how heavy the. Oh no, it's definitely a black exploitation, but it was definitely like haha, because I mean it was making fun of all the hood movies that came out with that like two year span. Oh yeah, and it really was like would so tales that... from the would tales from the hood be the, be similar to that. Mm. Yes and no. Some of it was, but some of it was also like it was purposely sending a message yeah. about the situation. We'll talk about it on when we do the episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, we're getting way off track here. Yes. So um, Eminem promoted uh, relapse by not relapse recovery. Sorry, by actually performing the uh, songs on televised shows, award ceremonies, musical events, and he started his he headed the recovery tour, which is out of the ordinary because we know Eminem doesn't really do TV spots and award ceremony like performances and stuff like that. Right. Um, he's a very um, recluse, well, in- introverted person. Not really recluse because he does have friends and stuff. Yeah, he's very, very introverted. Um, he prefers to stay to himself. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, we're recording this after the Super Bowl has happened. So, like, leading up to the Super Bowl, he did an interview, and he talked about where, how, like, he talks to Dre, like, every day. But it's it, before the Super Bowl, it had probably been two years since they seen each other face-to-face. Yeah, he's just... He just likes to stay in his own, and um, he talks about it in his album. Um, a couple, he does say a couple of lines about um, staying as a public eye and everything, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, um, in August two thousand eleven, Recovery was certified triple platinum by the RIAA at the two thousand eleven Grammys. It was nominated for Album of the Year, Song of the Year, Record of the Year. Um, the latter two were for uh, Love the Way You Lie. The album earned Eminem the AMA or the American Music Awards and Billboard Music Awards and Grammys. He hit the trifecta. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think there's another, I mean, besides the Country Music Awards. <laughs> oh, Nelly got that one. Right. right. Well, album of the year, uh, he was like what you said, he was nominated. It was album of the year. The other three nominees with him were Need Need You Now by Lady Antebellum, The Fame Monster by Lady Gaga, and Teenage Dream by Katy Perry. The winner was The Suburbs by Arcade Fire. Wait, I'm an Arcade Fire fan, but what? Yeah, Arcade Fire beat out Eminem at the Grammys for Album of the Year. Uh, (laughs) um, I wish I was making that up. Wait, which album did you say? 2010? What album was that? That was Recovery. No, for Arcade Fire. The Suburbs. The Suburbs. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was released August 2nd, 2010. I'm trying to think about what songs are even on that one. Hold on. I'm looking uh, it up now. We're going off subject. I, I'm looking at it now. I'm not going to... Well, I mean, it's not really it. off subject because it's it's Eminem. I mean... Yeah, he lost. It had, it had the year. suburbs, ready to start, city trash. with no children, month of May. No, it, it's it's a good album, but that one out of all their, I don't know. I I think they had definitely 
that's not even a great album by them. But moving on, um, I mean, I mean, you mean it's it's hard to beat Neon Bible, but you know, but you know, but yeah, you didn't think I knew that, did you? <laughs> I don't know many people actually do listen to Arcade Fire, Arcade Fire, Arctic Monkeys, Snow Patrol. We'll, we'll parlay. We'll parlay. We'll parlay about this later. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I grew up in that. That was my time. That was my teen teen angst days. <laughs> yeah, your teen angst days. Yeah, they really right. high school. All right. right. So, um, so one minute you're listening to Arcade Fire, the next minute Dipset. <laughs> yes, literally. If, <laughs> have I ever let you? No, I've never showed you guys my MP3 from high school. Oh, I've I've got it right here. I let gotta let you guys like go through and like see the the travesty that that is. Oh God! It ain't no. Hey, it ain't, it ain't. no. It ain't no worse than what I used to have on Move Music back back then. Oh my gosh, Move Music. Yes. <laughs> it would. I, I had like one minute I'd be listening to Suicide Silence. The next minute I'd be listening to damn uh, Zach Brown Band. You know, it's crazy. I mean, I got Johnny Cash followed by Dipset, followed by Tenacious D, stuff like that. Just a good old smorgasbord of randomness. Yeah, that's a, a lot word. of Limp Biscuit on there, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, but on to the next part. Um, due to Eminem recording far more material than he could use for one album, he felt that he had to offer his fans more music. After staying on hiatus for so long, fellow D12 member Swift confirmed that Eminem had in fact planned to put out two albums that year, following with Relapse 2 in late 2009. Um, according to Angela Yee's Shady 45 interview with Eminem on April 23rd, 2009. Relapse 2 was supposed to be a continuation of Relapse. Um, during the interview, Eminem confirmed it's extremely close to being finished. It just depends on how many songs I want to put on it. Eminem also explained that the album was far more emotionally driven than Relapse, which was, as he explained, just rap records. We could tell, bro. We could tell. Yeah. Um, Angela Lee's the one who's on The Breakfast Club now. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God, and, and uh, DJ Envy. Envy, Envy, Envy. Guest appearances were expected to come from Relapse as Relapse refill. No, wow, I skipped a whole line. Guest appearances were expected to come from the likes of Dr. Dre, 50 Cent, D12, Royce 59, Lloyd Banks, and Cassius. The album was subsequently pushed back for an early 2010 release, so I'm going to decide to re-release. Um, Relapse has Relapse Refill, which includes a bonus disc feature, seven tracks, including the single Forever, which was originally on More Than a Game soundtrack, which is the LeBron documentary, which is really good. Um, speaking of which, I know it's off the subject a little bit, sort of, but did y'all see the LeBron commercial that was like a Honda commercial or something like that? I've seen his crypto.com commercial. Crypto, yeah, that yeah. is so random. It made no sense at all. Zero. Why would Zero I was like it was like little it was high school LeBron asking future LeBron, you know, all these questions about the future. And then LeBron's like, you just gotta, you know, some questions I can't answer, you just gotta make your own path. And then it says crypto.com. Like, what the fuck does this have to do with cryptocurrency at all? This makes no sense. Or the there was just so many commercials that literally had nothing to do with the product they were selling. Um, so I included a single "Forever" and "Taking My Ball," which was released on DJ Hero, Oof. as well as five previously unreleased tracks. During the recording process, the album and stated the new tracks stated uh, started to sound very different than the tracks we already went through. This so he pretty much scrapped uh, "Relapse" to, um, and then went on to do, um recovery 
But on April 13th, 2010, Eminem tweeted there's no relapse two. Um, and then two weeks later, he drops Not Afraid. <laughs> um, he scrapped it for the new project Recovery while recording Relapse 2, witnessing a mixed reaction of it, criticism among fans and critics alike. Um, so we're just going to skip on because we already said all this stuff on uh, Relapse. Um, so the track Insult to Injury uh, would have been the leading track according to The Alchemist, the producer of the track. Um, hit me with your best shot featuring D12 with a track that leaked and that was recorded around early 2010. The style was very close to recovery, didn't relapse. Um, cocaine featuring Jasmine Sullivan also leaked. It was confirmed to be relapsed to a recovery. Um, they also re-recorded it in 2010. Nut Up was leaked. Um, when Eminem was recorded in Hawaii, Things Get Worse was really recorded in 2009 as a solo track before Eminem and B.O.B. collaborated for B.O.B.'s Greatest Hits album. Um... Just a bunch of other stuff which Barry went through. So, oh uh, shit! It, you skipped where it says on the track "Zeus" from the album "Music to Be Murdered" by B-side. Eminem apologizes to Rihanna over the leaked version of "Things Get Worse," in which he sides with Chris Brown, who pled guilty to felony assault involving her in 2009. Wow, I didn't, I didn't even know that was the 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 the, the background behind that. I didn't either. Wow, that's crazy. But we also haven't gotten to that album, so I haven't delved into yeah, it either. Right. Yeah. Um, a song of unknown title featuring 50 Cent and two songs led by Mr. Porter or was also expected, which I believe on the deluxe edition, it's no, it's actually the hidden track on it. It's called Untitled, yeah, um, on the album. Um, so let's just skip straight into. Um, the track the listing. Tracks. Track listing. It opens up with "Cold Wind Blows." Um, Eminem discusses his doomed love for his ex and about setting scores, settling scores with rival celebs. Um, I actually liked it. Uh, oh, yeah. Overall, the beat's really good. Um, it's just Blaze. You can definitely tell it's that New York hit style on it. Yep. Um, but no, it's it's a really good intro to hit to the stylistic change. Right. And, and but 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 it still kind of like especially with the first verse, it still kind it still sounded a bit more for lack of a better word, it did sound a little bit more relapsy from the standpoint where it's like, you know, you can you know, you can get the dick, just call me the ball sack, I'm nuts, Michael Vick and this bitch, dog, fall back, you mutts, fuck uh, your worms, you know. I, I didn't get I didn't get relapse from that. I got him uh, toying with wordplay off of that. I don't know. I feel um, like I, that's why I think it's a good um, intro because it. I also felt the same way that uh, talented where it was sort of um, relapsy, but not at the same time. It's kind of hard to explain, I guess. Um, but I felt like at the beginning it was something like that, and then later on it switches over to yeah, um, almost like you, almost like he's coming out of the, almost like he's coming out of the haze. Yeah, and then going straight into the very next phase, you know, which, you know, the chorus. I do like the chorus of the song. You know, it's like oh, 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 oh. You know, I'm as cold as the I'm as cold as the cold wind blows when it snows and it's twenty below. Ask me why, man. I don't know. No, 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 no. I'm as cold as the cold wind blow. Blah 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 blah. blow, You know, um, 
but I feel like, like I said, because like, it was a relapse change, because he does still seem kind of like, uh, sorry, like it was a stylistic change because it was in between. I, in my mind, is like he was Hello? doing Slim Shady, but also doing Eminem in between verse, like not between no, verses, can, but in I between lyrical parts. Yeah, um, so I can you can definitely see that. Yeah, so it does have the goofiness as relapse, and obviously, but there's also parts in it where like he starts getting a little bit more getting less goofy and a little bit more serious, but then he goes back to like it's back and forth. So it's like a a dueling fate kind of thing. Yeah. Uh I, my favorite my favorite kind of line from this whole song comes at the end of the third verse, uh, where he says, But I swear you try to diss me, I'll slaughter you. I put that on everything like everyone does with autotune. The last yep. thing you want to do is have me spit a rhyme and say I was thinking of, or I was writing this, and I thought of you. Like, and and we know like M has went in at a bunch of people, and to the point that like most rappers are like, man, you don't you don't fuck with M, you know? Yeah. Matter of fact, there was an interview couple of years ago, I think Game did it. It was when Game and 50 had their beef, um, or they were coming off of their beef, and they asked questions about Eminem, and, and Game said something to the effect of, like, even when I was going at Dre, even I, even when I was going at 50, I stayed away from the white dude. Because <laughs> he a killer. He don't give a shit. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Just ask, go to uh, MGK, had to switch whole entire genres. Yeah. He did. Um. So uh, the yeah the next uh song on the album was oh, talking to myself. Talking to yes, myself. talking to myself. Sorry, I just lost my place for, out of nowhere. That's my all computer's good. Like a little laggy right now. Yeah, um, I think we're all experiencing a little bit of lag. Yeah, I just think it's the weather being stupid. Yeah, because um, you were talking, then all of a sudden you just stopped. And then I'm like, okay, why is he not talking? And then all of a sudden it went blah, 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 blah. like, oh shit, he's yeah, catching it's, up. It's, it's being weird on my end, so it's it's probably just a crap weather. So in yeah. talking to myself, um, Eminem states um, the harm caused to his image with lyrics such as encore, I was on drugs, relapse, I was flushing him out, um, which is what we were talking about about how last, he, yeah, go ahead. No, I was uh, gonna say it was yeah, the last album, yeah. Yeah, but um, the intro literally said uh, to the song, talking to myself, um, Eminem goes, Ayo, before I start the song, man, I just want to thank everybody to be, for being so patient and bearing with me over the last couple of years while I figured this shit out. Um, and he has an R&B singer on this one um, by the name of Kobe, Kobe. Honeycomb, something like that, Honeycut, but he goes by Kobe. Um which is a pretty good one. Um, they have a really good chorus overall. I, I like this one. It was a lot more uh, introspective. Um, definitely was uh, a Marshall song. Yeah, I, I mean, in my, my personal, and I, there's a lot of songs that I like on this album. This is one of my favorites. Um, interestingly enough, like the very first verse, he just goes straight into it. He says, I went away. I guess I opened up some lanes. 
but there was no one who even knew I was going through growing pains. Hatred was flowing through my veins on the verge of going insane. I almost made a song dissing Lil Wayne. It's like I was jealous of him because of the attention he was getting. I felt horrible about myself. He was spitting, and I wasn't. Anyone who was buzzing back then could have got it. Almost went at Kanye, too. God, I felt like I was going psychotic. Like, you know, it was because we all have that. I don't know if we all have that, but most people have the thing like if you do something and you're good, you've been the best at something, you've been good at something for a while, and then the new crop of people come in, in a way you're like, you know, you do have not, some people have more jealousy and anger towards that. We call, you know, a lot of people say, oh, the younger generation, you know, blah, 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 or the newer artists who are blowing up. Maybe you were once in a group and then you got to be a solo artist and now you you blew it big. And because it's like you couldn't do what you used to do, now you're upset with them because they're doing what you used to do. And it's like, uh, but he had to keep it in check because he realizes like, you know, this is, and plus also at the time, because the next line he was like, but proof wasn't here to see me go through it. I'm in the booth popping another pill, trying to talk myself into it. So, you know, and basically beating himself up toward the end of the first verse saying, are you stupid? You're going to start dissing people for no reason, especially when you can't even write a decent punchline. Even you're lying to yourself. You're slowly dying. You're denying your health is declining with your self-esteem. You're crying out for help. And it kind of goes into the whole, you know, that's when he, when the course where it says talking to myself, that's what he's going through at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then the third verse of the song is pretty much him going through his realization, um, saying, so I picked myself up off the ground, fucking swam for a drown, and my bottom so hard, I bounced twice, suffice this time around. It's different than the last two albums didn't count. Encore, I was on drugs, relapsed, I was flushing them out. I've come to make it up to you now, no more fucking around. I've got something to prove to fans because I feel like I let them down. So accept my apology. I finally feel like I'm back to normal. I feel like me again. Let me formally introduce myself to you. For those who don't know, the new me's back to the old me. And homie, homie I don't I know. Don't, yeah. yeah, homie, I don't show no signs of slowing up. Oh, and I'm blowing up all over. My life is no longer a movie, but the show ain't over, homos. I'm back with a vengeance, homie. Wheezy, keep your head up. Ti, keep your head up. Kanye, keep your head up. Don't let up. Just keep slaying them. Rest in peace to DJ AM because I know what it's like. I struggle with this shit every day. And, um, and yeah. then it goes into the chorus. Yeah. And the outro. So there it is, damn. Feels like I just woke up on woke up or something. I guess I just forgot who the fuck I was, man, AO. And to anybody I thought about going at, it was never nothing personal. It was just some shell I was going through. And to everybody else, I'm back. Uh, pretty much stating he's he's not he's not on that fucked up mentality no more he's uh gone back to marshall and eminem instead of being strung out slim yep <laughs> right all right so with that one we go it transitions straight into the next one where he talks with for the with the song on fire and uh this one he's he's talking about the critics um especially the one is like to start the intro, he's like, you know, critics, man. Critics never got nothing nice to say, man. You know, the one thing I noticed about critics, man, is critics never ask me how my day went. Well, I'm going to tell them. 
And then it this is definitely off. a relapse song. Yes. I didn't, I didn't really feel this one that much. Um, and it's the goofy goofiness of his relapse stuff, where it's him trying to be shady, but a parody of shady at the same time. Yeah. Um, the, the beat was tight, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like the beat. But then he would, he would do something like, especially in the courses, like, you're on fire. You need to know you're on a roll because when you're hot, it's like you're burning up everyone else's cold. And it's like, man, I'm, I'm so fucking sick. I got ambulances pulling over me and shit. Like, what? <laughs> you know? Although I do think in the, fir- in, the, in the second verse where it goes, I just put a bullshit hook between two long-ass verses that you, if you mistook this for a song, look, it ain't a song, but I'm warning but a warning to Brooke Hogan and David Cook. Like, the fuck Brooke Hogan and David Cook got to do with what you're talking about on this song, you know? Exactly. Like, like it was definitely a relapse song because this is the goofy yeah. shit that was on relapse. Right. And then it's like, yeah, even even in the second part of the course, he's like, man, I'm so hot. My, my motherfucking fire truck's on fire. What? <laughs> that don't make any sense, Goof- man. Literally saying things to say things. <laughs> Right, saying things to say things. But, I mean, I don't know. It was, I guess it was kind of catchy, and the but the beat was, you know, good, but I don't know. This, yeah, I, I agree. This this was one of those albums that probably should have been on, one of those songs that probably should have been on Relapse instead of being on Recovery, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chip, what's your, well, I know you thought, I think it's a Relapse song too, but what was your. Yeah, I I think it was definitely relapse. The uh, I thought the beat was fire, uh, no pun intended. Um, but that's about it. This is one of my least favorite songs on this album. Yeah, uh, just because I I, I didn't feel like it fit the the flow. Like the first two songs are good, and then. The, then the third song, it's like, uh, and then you get the fourth song, and it, it it's, it's a much better than the third song. Yeah. Right. Um, the next song, um, if we're ready to move on to it, yeah, um, uh, is uh, "Won't Back Down" with Pink. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a rap rock, I guess, kind of. Song? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I can it, see it, that. It's, it's a rap rock song. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's it's really good. Um, he's more, his his lyrical content's better in this one. Is more connecting. It definitely makes more sense. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no. Um. Oh, excuse me. It's definitely him being Eminem on this one. Yeah, it's an Eminem track. So it's got some of the the. The less serious, but also some of the seriousness at the same time. Um, it's the best way I can explain it. Right. Um, like it says, uh, baby, what's the deal? We can chill. Split a half a pill and a happy meal. Fuck a steak slut. I'll cut my toes off and step on the receipt before I foot the bill. Which is, is lyrically good, but it's just goofy. Yeah. Because he won't foot the bill. And he'll cut his toes off and step on her seat. Like it, it, he ain't missing, but he missing at the same time. <laughs> right, right. But then in the, in the second verse, where it says, "Girls shake that ass like a donkey with Parkinson's, like make like Michael J. Fox 
is in your drawers <laughs> playing Michael J. Fox is in your drawers playing with an etch and sketch. Like what? <laughs> like yeah, it's goofy, but at the disappear. same yeah. it's 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 here's the thing though. It's goofy, but it's shit you can envision. Like Michael J. Fox playing with a damn etch and sketch. Like like, am I wrong for thinking that? Okay. <laughs> but I remembered hearing this song even before the album came out because they actually used this song in the promotional trailer for uh, Call of Duty Black Ops. Call of Duty Black Ops. Yep. Well, and... Uh, was it? Yeah. Mission yeah, it was. It was, it was the first Ops. Black Ops, right? Say what now, Chip? Was it Black Ops 1? Oh, it, it was also in... Um, uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. But, um, uh, yeah, it was the, uh, I want to say it was the first Black Ops. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was the first Black Ops. Um, it's also in the game as an Easter egg um, during, uh, I think, one of the zombie levels because they did a lot of stuff like that in the zombie stuff. But, um, um, but no, this this it like it's an Eminem song, so it's definitely switched up from the some shadiness. Um, all right, so um, I guess moving on to the next one is um, White Trash Party uh, WTP. Um, uh, I mean, this is just definitely one that I'm pretty sure would have been on uh, Relapse. Uh, it's just, <laughs> it's it's goofy. Yeah, but it's so catchy, man. It's catchy, and I like it. I like it. I do. I'm sorry. I, I do. Guess, I guess I just ain't never been to a WTP. So, I don't know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Dude, no. The, the the second verse is just funnier than hell to me. Where he goes, is like, pull a fifth of Bacardi from out of the out of my underwear and walk around the party without a care, like a body without a head. Looking like a zombie from Night of the Living Dead, and pro- and tomorrow probably still be too high to get out of bed. But then he goes, yeah. "Go ahead." No, but then he goes, "It goes till I feel like I've been hit with the sharp part of the hammer, mixing Hennessy and Fanta with Pepto in my Atlanta." Like, golly, shoot a shoot. You forgot gift. the Ric Flair woo. Yeah, woo. <laughs> then shoot the gift like a holler and die Santa. Missed a tree and hit Rudolph and two innocent bystanders. <laughs> Like, like it, it, lyrically, it's 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 there. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it, like it's it, it works. It's it's definitely Eminem, so it's goofiness, but it makes sense in a way, right? Um, no, it's just I, it was a little too goofy for me. I mean, it's it's all right. Like I said, it's a, it's okay. It, it's definitely one that I wouldn't kick off the album, <laughs> but it's definitely no, 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 no. definitely a goofy track in my yeah. uh, opinion. Oh yeah, it's it's probably the most lighthearted track on the album. Yes, yeah. In terms of like goofy, slim shady s type lyrics, then yeah, that's that, that's it. Uh, it's just funny that his like his like because as soon okay, it says making it rain for the ladies in the minis, but I'm not throwing ones, fives, tens, or even twenties. I'm throwing quarters, nickels, dimes, pennies up the up at skinnies. Man, I do this for the bunnies up at Denny's. <laughs> okay. 
I thought it was funny. He's got a demographic, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's like, so ladies, <laughs> if your belly button is not an any, then I'm Audi. <laughs> now hop in my minivan and let's get rowdy. Like, why not? Maybe he doesn't like Audi, though. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He wants to. He wants to treat you to a to a fago and a slice of pizza. <laughs> oh, definitely a Detroit thing. Yeah, it has to be. Moon <laughs> uh, mist ain't that bad, but anyway. Mm. It's just, just cheap Mountain Dew. I mean, <laughs> exactly. And I don't like Mountain Dew, so. Oh, well, there you go. Um, are we are we done with the white trash party? <laughs> oh, you're never done with the white trash party. <laughs> but yes, let's move on to the next song. So the next song um, might be definitely in my top three on the album. Um, going through changes, um, and it definitely right. talks about Eminem's uh, issues with fame. Um. Yeah, how he it talks about everything. Yeah, it talks about all his issues that he was going through: Um, overeating, always sleeping, then getting addicted to pills, um, losing proof. Um, Just a lot went into this, Um, and. It's the way the weird way he ends this song threw me off. Um, with the four, fourth verse being sort of a uh, a send off of proof, but also a uh, not the fourth verse. Am I wrong? Which verse it was? No, the third verse. Sorry, the third verse is the weird part that got me taken back. Um, because it has Haley on it. Yeah. But it's also. No, am I wrong? I'm, I'm, let me go through the lyrics. No, this, but it, it, are you talking about? Are you talking about where it's? No, are you talking about the verse that that starts with wake, "Wake up in the hospital, full of tubes, but somehow I'm pulling through." No, he's talking about verse three. It's it's him and Haley where he says, uh, "My friends can't understand this new me. That's understandable." Man, gotcha. but think how bananas you'd be. You'd be an animal too if you were trapped in this fame and caged in it like a zoo, and everybody's. Uh, everybody's looking at you. What do you want me to do? I'm starting to live like a recluse, and the truth is, fame's starting to give me an excuse to be an all to be in an all time low. I sit alone in my home theater watching the same damn DVD of the first tour, the last tour he was still alive, and it hurts. So I just fast forward. Sleeping pills, I'll make sleeping pills will make me feel all right, and if I'm still awake in the middle of the night, I'll just take a couple more. Yeah, you're motherfucking right. I ain't slowing down for no one. I'm almost homeward bound. Almost in a coma. Yeah, homie, come on. Dole them out. Daddy, don't you die. Daddy, better hold your ground. Fuck, daddy. Or, fuck, I don't know the sound of that voice. Yeah, baby, hold me down. No, I, I, I was talking about... That one's got me, but the fourth verse is what threw me off because it was the send-off of proof in that one. Yeah. But it was also, also the sort of, like, um, him saying that he still he'll still do anything for Kim no matter what. Like mm-hmm. he just threw me off. Um, obviously because of his daughters and his right. biological daughter and his adoptive daughters. Um, but he still says, "Haley, this one's for you, Whitney and Aliana too. I still love your mother. That'll never change. Think about her every day. We just could never get it together. Hey." Wish there was a better way for me to say it. 
but I swear on everything I'd do anything for her on any day. You're just too many things to explain. When it rains, gets it pours. Yes, it does. Wish there wasn't any pain, but I can't pretend there ain't. I ain't placing any blame. I ain't pointing fingers. Heaven knows I've never been a saint. I know that it feels like we just pissed away our history. And just today, I looked at your picture almost if to say i miss you subconsciously wish it didn't end this way but i guess it had to get away don't know why i don't know what else to say and then it goes into the chorus but no like it threw me off because as we know in all the earlier ones his hatred towards kim um and obviously with his marriage with kim and everything he was obviously going through all his horrible addictions and demons and everything right and they he's talked about how they just couldn't get it together um but it's just such a surreal cathartic moment i guess would be the right word i was looking for um of him sort of apologizing not really apologizing but just explaining how he still be there for kim no matter what and he knows it wasn't perfect and he's not blaming her specifically, but he's also, you know, it was a, it takes a two tangle kind of thing, but he was still being very um, genuine about it. Right. Yeah. It, you could definitely tell it was him kind of turning over a new leaf. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to sound like a bitch, okay. but I don't care. Wow. Okay. I heard this song. Like I was listening to this song and I almost started crying um, during the chorus because of some things that have happened in my life, my life recently with my mom passing away. And it, it, it's, I think it's one of those songs that, you know, regardless of the story behind the song and for those who are listening to it, it does bring about these feelings like, you know, I'm going through changes. And a lot of us, you know, regardless of whatever, and then also with the Eminem also, you know, talking about in the, at the end of the second verse where he's, where he goes, and I just lost my fucking best friend. So fuck it. Like that kind of caught me off guard too, in a certain way. Um, you know, it, 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 and it's an emotional song and it, and it, and it goes to many different levels talking about Eminem's life and stuff. Um, but it just it hit me that way, you know what I mean? So no, 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 I um, understand. You know, and it, and, no. it, and that can sound however it sounds, you know. I mean, I think that was the point of the song. Was it for? Because it like it talks about his sorrow, so it obviously touched you in a way. It touched your sorrow at that moment. So I mean, it, it's, right. it's relatable. That's what we talked about. This this album is way more of a relatable thing than what he had done before, yeah. right? Because we really I mean, unless you had, unless you've been in the wallows of addiction, and you're still there in that addiction, you you think that's the only people who could relate to the relapse record, unless and then on the recovery record, it was for the people who are recovering, for the people who are going through changes, and you know, trying to figure out what's what what's next to do and and in the chorus it goes i don't know what i'm gonna do but i just keep on going through changes you know and for the most part that's how i'm feeling at the moment you know so 
when I heard it, um, when I heard it uh, yesterday and today, um, it was more so yesterday than today. But yesterday it was because I was emotional as hell yesterday. I was thinking, you know, um, and uh, today, you know, it was kind of the same thing. Not as bad, but, um, you know, and I'm not I don't mean to get it on that subject. And I do apologize. Um, you ain't got to apologize for nothing about that. bro. No, We family, you know this. I know. I know. But yeah, and I've told but you yeah. the, the best way to to kind of cope with it is to talk about it. I know. I know. Which is a thing toxic masculinity will never understand. Mm. Exactly. But we all gotta we all gotta do it our own way. Grief is different for everybody, and it sucks. Right. It is. There's no there's no manual on how to deal with this shit. You know. What no. I mean? I mean, you can do what the media wants us to do and just hold it in until it kills us but right yeah yeah, yeah take that take to do it. No. yeah take that take that take that pus filled ball of pain put it over here on this side of your body and then in, in about 45 years you can cut out that piece of tumor that has the, col- the piece of a uh, tumor that's right next to your colon no big deal you know no I'll let that shit out any way you can right i mean go back to the rage room <laughs> hey bro i'm telling y'all now man that rage room is no joke dude i felt more Maybe freeze the wrong word, dude, bro. Yes, and 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 you can bring your own shit to smash. I thought that was pretty cool. I yeah, but I don't want to smash TV. my own shit. No, no, no. Like an old, like I'm sure you got like an old TV or an old, you know, monitor, computer monitor. You can smash. Um, you know, dude. It's it. Go. No, I'm really, you know, I'm really trying to think if I actually do have anything I want to smash. <laughs> dude, just smash a bunch of shit. Head to Kumo, get you some sushi. I got something I want to smash, but the Rage Room ain't the place to do it. Bro, come on, man. I mean, that's, what you, that's what you can call it if you want to, the Rage Room. <laughs> <laughs> Let the beast out. <laughs> uh, that's gross. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> to the next song. The next song which is, is a song not, I fucking hate. Oh, my God. <laughs> I... I'm sorry. It's just so pop. It's poppy. I get it. I get it. It's poppy. And I understand it is probably his most introspective song and introspective interpersonal song on the album in general. But I think if he wouldn't have done it as a pop hit and just done his regular rap to it, I might have liked it more. But I'm just the whole time I'm thinking about it, it's like, oh, this is it's like bum 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 bum. I was like, man, this is just a so you could literally put anybody on this beat and it would be a pop hit. And I'm like, man, that's not Eminem to me. But but let me ask you, all right, right. But let me ask you this question. Hang on, let me ask you this question. If Eminem didn't do Not Afraid the way he did it, would people give a fuck about Eminem after, especially after the relapse record? Um, I don't know. He also put um, Love Will You Lie with I Rihanna. So. so yeah, but yeah, yeah, but not yeah, but Not Afraid came out before then. I mean, he he did, but we don't know if the order change would have mattered because I mean, like I said, at that 2010 was definitely Rihanna's, like the rise. Of oh, it was Rihanna's year, yeah. I mean, so yeah. I mean, him doing a song with her and Lil Wayne and Pink. I mean, I think it still people still would have listened to it. Um, yeah. Not afraid being his first um, single was probably the best strategical move to make to make people realize, oh, this is not relapse. It's not the same as relapse. Yeah. Um, but if he still would have put out Love the Way You Lie first, people probably still would have been like, oh, okay, this is not this is not what he just did a second ago. This is different. Well, let's give it a chance. 
Um, and I'm not saying like my like my like I said, my issue is not afraid. Is 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 too poppy? Is way too much of a pop for for such a such a um, serious subject matter. Not yes, I'm like words do not come to me today. I don't know why, but yeah, like like reading the lyrics to it. If he would have done it as a rap, as just obviously this is him being Marshall, uh, Marshall, and if he would have literally just done it that way instead of doing the the beat to it, like the, I I think my issue is is just too poppy of a for a serious song like this. I mean, we've had hip hop for. 45 years or something like that now sort of ish um and people made interpersonal songs and not be poppy and they still hit just as hard and still reach people because of the subject matter and i think my issue is that he thought like he probably he's like i have to make it a pop beat for more people to hear it because of what just happened with relapse and it was sort of like um, the the cause and effect of relapse made this song a pop hit instead of a regular uh, hip hop track that it should have been. So, out of right. all the Eminem songs that you've ever heard, this one is right there toward the bottom of the list. Overall aspect, it's not the bottom. I because obviously relapse has a lot of songs on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I mean. But as so, out of all, okay, so 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 if your only gripe is that it's too poppy, I mean, doesn't take away from the fact that it's not a good song and people can still relate to it. I especially said, like, in the, like I said, the lyrics are great. Like I, I like the lyrics going through is great. My like I said, my issue with it is that in his mind he probably thought he had to make it a pop song because of what happened with relapse, and he knew he wanted to put this out first, so more people would have came to it because it would have been played more because the pop stations instead of it being instead of it being a eminem marshall influence style is more of a record company influence style now that i will say yeah yeah the the, uh the the record company was like hey we need a hit we need something kind of pop you know put this out um so yeah i mean so i do understand where you're coming from in terms of it, it was being it being too poppy I understand that. Because to be honest, he could have just done, like I said, he could have not done this as a single first and could have put out Love the Way You Lie and people would have flocked to it no matter what. And then he could have released this song with maybe a different B or just whatever and it's as a second single and it still would have caught people because they were after the first, if Love the Way You Lie came out first and then this one came out second, more people would have been ready for it. Because more people, more pop people would have been ready to hear what he brought out next because he just did a song with Rihanna, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, I w- which with Rihanna being, I'm sorry, Chip. Go ahead. No, you're fine. I, I just said I get where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, and with like Rihanna said, being as popular as she was at the time, yeah, it would make sense for her because it's like, but then again, you have to look at it from from the other perspective as well. Is it if if that out if if the Rihanna song if Love the Way You Lie did come out first would would people give Rihanna credit for resurrecting Eminem's career? I don't think if she would, but you know there's some are there are some delusional people out there who would make that claim. I don't think. Well, my thing is, Love the Way You Lie was a different. Um, it, it came at the time right after the Chris Brown Rihanna situation. It's a song about domestic abuse. Like I said, I still think it would have been. In my opinion, it would have been better to put that song out first because it was such a fresh thing in everybody's mind. And then it being a 
Eminem song featuring Rihanna, people would have been like, oh, whoa, this is this is Eminem, but it ain't doing his usual some shady shit. It's him actually being serious and still talking about it as serious matter. Wait, is this wait, but 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 isn't this the song that Gen Z's trying to cancel him for? Yeah, which is stupid. <laughs> yeah. But we don't care about Gen Z. Fuck them. Yeah. I'm not afraid to say it. Fuck them. Wow, our demo our, our target demographic, <laughs> if you look at our analytics, is definitely not Gen Z, so they can go fuck themselves. Wait, wait, ain't right. our kid wait, my kid's eight years old, so Yes, your kid's Gen Z. But your kid's also not listening to our podcast, is he? No. Okay then. So he's not a demographic. Yeah. My son ain't also running around trying to cancel everything. Actually, your son will probably be be uh, after Gen Z since he's he's I generation. I think it's called I generation because uh, everything is a, a I don't know either a double A. I think I don't know. I don't know. just another gen. But my thing is with the cancel culture thing, it's very big now because of how big everyone's connected because of social media but yeah. it ain't like shitting like this ain't been happening before i mean people were burning books fucking long time ago before social media but people were trying about, to get but, stuff taken off the air i mean remember black sabbath was also almost canceled how many times kiss was almost canceled how many times come on like but here but, here, but here's the thing ahead. though people think cancel culture is just one aspect of no i don't give a shit what your political affiliation is both sides cancel they just call it, they just call what both sides try to do it. Okay. For the same people on the left that want to cancel Eminem, the same people on the right want to cancel the Super Bowl. The same, you know, that whole bullshit. And everybody thinks that they have the right answer. They're all fucking insane, in my opinion. If you're one way or the other, I think we're all in the middle somewhere. But I think if you're if you're so far right or so far left, you know, it's like you know, to where it's like, you can't, you know, talk about this or, or we'll cancel you or you can't say this or we'll cancel you or we'll do this or we'll do that. And it's like, I mean, so you mean to tell me the, the, the party that's against fascism wants to do fascism? Like that, that ain't, that ain't cool. And then the party over here who wants to, you know, be for, you know, you know, guns, God and country. Wait, you mean the same people who are like, some most people of them are of a different if if they're not you know the the you know what i'm gonna get on the subject i really don't want to get into right now because i'm getting pissy um <laughs> but no seriously i mean both sides do it rather it's I know. you know that's what i said like remember how back in the day it is just bigger now because people are more connected because of social media i think social media is one of the biggest social media is the biggest oxymoron of all fucking time it, it's 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 it, meant it, to connect people, but it doesn't it's connect a, people. It's a gift and a curse. Yeah, because I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I me, mean, I enjoy social media from the standpoint that you know we can share our podcasts and stuff, and we can connect with family members, and <clears throat> we can keep up with different things. Like, we can promote the podcast. Uh, you know, we can promote. You know, I promote wrestling events. Chip promotes. You know, different things. Roger promotes different things. We help other people promote their stuff. Blah 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 blah. But then at the same time, you get these fuckers on the internet who. You know, if you don't agree with everything that they say, you're a fucking horrible human being and an evil person. And it's like, that's not the case just because we have a difference of opinion. And instead of talking about it like grown ass people, you want to can't, you know what? Let's move on. Like I said, like I say all the time, I am a real life heel. I don't give a fuck about your opinion. <laughs> fuck with me and see what happens. I really don't care. All right. So back to, thing, uh, go ahead. Eminem. 
No, I'm just saying, yeah. So uh, <laughs> you don't wait. You don't. You don't care about my opinion. We we having a conversation. <laughs> You're not one part. of the people that trying to cancel. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, Andre, but no. This song, like I said, lyrically is a great song. My issue was the pop pop assimilation to it, making it a pop song instead of a hip hop song. But yeah. um, I know you guys really like this song. I don't really have an issue besides the pop. Like the pop to it. To be honest, I like the song, but it ain't even in my top five favorites on the album. So, in an interview with Rolling Stone, um, Rolling Stone magazine, uh, when asked about the uh, positive message for people trying to overcome obstacles, um, the interviewer asked Eminem, "Are you more comfortable now with being?" with the idea of being a role model. And Eminem said, whatever I can be to people is fine. Some people may look up to me and some people may consider me a fucking menace, but I'm grateful for every fan letter I get. And for every person who says I helped save them. I don't know, man. I feel like I took a lot of time off, not doing shit for those four or five years. How lazy I got. It's time to get back to doing what I love. I feel like I've got a lot of gas in the tank and I just want to make up for letting people down. Uh, so I think that's what he he was going for in this song. Right. And this song is also a diamond song. 10 million copies sold. Which is, like I said, um, <clears throat> really weird at the time because it was when digital media was rising. Right. Mm-hmm. But let's move on from Not Afraid, get me off my soapbox, uh, to the song Seduction. What y'all think about this particular um, This is also, like, I like it. I, I think it's a good song, but it's also kind of, it, it, the, the song itself is a double entendre of yes. itself. Uh, because yeah. He's talking about a woman who also, but also talking about rap music at the same time. Yeah, yeah it, it was weird. I, I think I listened to this one twice. Because when I first heard it, I was like, I don't think this is what it is. Like, it wasn't what it was. And when I went back to it, I was like, there has to be something different about Like, there's something else with the song. So it took me a second to actually understand what he was saying. Right. But he, he did have one bar in the in the in the first verse where he goes, You're fucking corny, you try to turn your charm on because you think you're Bishop uh the Don one. But if you think that you're fucking with me, homie, you're on one. I'm cocking my head back like Ed Lover. Come on, son. Um the Remember when verse... Ed Lover used to do come on, son? I don't even yeah. know if he still does it or not. I don't think he yeah, does. Yeah, he's, he's got his own podcast called Come On Son. Oh, oh for real? Hold on. I got to look this up. Wait, go ahead. <laughs> but no, um, I really like the second verse. The second verse is what clued me in onto more of it being like not what it was when I first heard it. Um, when it says there's a seven CD, a seven disc CD changer in her car. That's how old this is. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. And I'm in every single slot and you're not aw. I'm the logo on the Dallas Cowboy helmet, a star, and I'm not about 
to sit back and just keep rhyming one syllable nah what she did uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh switch it up what? and watch them haters not give it up because they're just not good enough but i'm not giving up till i get my respect i won't stop till i get enough um <laughs> yeah like like then it took me um took me a second to realize like man he's definitely talking about something else when i heard that so that's why i went back to and like oh yeah he's definitely not talking about a woman well he was talking about a woman but not at the same time yeah yeah uh but now let's let's take take the lyrics away and just the beat to it is this not a 90s r&b beat or or am i just tripping um no there's definitely a 90s element to it yeah there is um it's by boy wonder um i'm trying to think about if he he did not afraid and so back-to-back songs and they're both different stylistic kind of things so yeah I, i mean it definitely is a 90s beat to it um which you can definitely tell. Definitely tell this song was made for recovery. Oh yeah, like like I could hear genuine spitting on his beat. <laughs> yeah, that's how far back he goes. He said genuine. Um. So you, we want to move on to the next one. Yes. So yes, the yes, next yes. one is the Lil Wayne song "No Love." Where they sample uh, Hardaway's "What Is Love?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, Manny. <laughs> I, I I think this is one of the better Lil Wayne verses from this time. Yeah. Um, you know, because in 2010 he was really trying to branch out and do more like guest spots on other people's albums. Oh uh, shit, 2010 was the Rebirth uh, album for um, for Lil Wayne. Yep. Yeah. Was Rebirth. Uh, he did well actually yeah, he dropped two it's I am not a human being and Rebirth. He dropped them in the same year. Yeah, yeah Rebirth so was that, that awkward ass uh supposed rock to be album, rock right? album. Yeah. Was supposed to be a rock album. Yeah, which which also had a song featuring Eminem, where Eminem just slaughtered Wayne, bodied him. Yeah, yeah I, I I wasn't listening to Lil Wayne at this point because he had definitely jumped the shark. <laughs> yeah. Can, can I ask the question? Mm-hmm. And please forgive me for not knowing. Where did that term come from? Jumping the shark. When did it, where did it come from? Um, Happy Days. The episode literally where Fonzie jumps over sharks on his bike, and it was so bad. It was one of the worst viewed like episode received episodes and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it's, I don't it's think a TV I've ever term. seen that episode. Is because it was like the worst parts of Happy Days. Oh. Like okay. it literally, it was so bad they literally had to try to get people to watch the show by having Fonzie jump sharks. <laughs> so, okay. So when, so when anytime somebody or a TV show or somebody does something where people's like, Oh, what the fuck are they doing? That's considered jumping the shark. Um, it's more, some- uh, um, 
or something to where they try to gain attention and it don't work. So the def- the quote unquote definition is to reach a point. Uh, so of a television television series or movies reaches a point at which far fetched events are included merely for the sake of novelty. Um, it's indicative of a decline in uh, just quality in general. Um, and the examples it does uh, have is um, Happy Days, of course, because it was the first one. Because <laughs> um, it just goes so weird. The Andy Griffith Show, because Don Knotts had left. Um, yeah. And they try to put people in, and it just they try to have somebody, other people try to be Don Knotts. Obviously, they didn't work, and then it just got goofier and goofier. Um, and it just didn't get better and better. Battlestar right. Galactica, because of how stupid this freaking Cylons thing was. I Gosh, it pisses me off so much. It was such a great show. Um, you really raging over Battlestar Galactica? Okay. Battlestar Galactica <laughs> was fucking great until the final couple seasons. Or the final season itself. Um, Beverly Hillbillies, um, where they went from Beverly Hills to Manhattan. Uh, I don't even... I didn't even know about that. It, yeah, and they built a log cabin in the middle of Central Park. So, uh, okay, <laughs> yeah. Uh, then the Brady Bunch. Um, in the they introduced a new character halfway through the show's fifth season. Oh, that little blonde kid. Yeah, cousin Oliver, and he just literally was like Dennis the Menace, and um, and this actually went because a new. Um, TV show series thing called Cousin Oliver Syndrome, which is referring to a show bringing on a fresh face in a desperate ratings grab. Um, just stuff like that. And more recent stuff is Dexter because that final season was bad. That's why they had to really redo it. Um, Games of Thrones. Yes. Uh, Grey's Anatomy. I Dream of Genie. Happy Days. Jane Diversion, which actually is a really good show. But it's just like them trying to get just ratings because it's starting to fall off and falter, and they do just the most random stuff to try to get views. Okay, I've never heard it explained to me before. So yeah, it's just one of those things that became common pop culture vernacular, and people just yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard people say it over and over and over again. I'm like, wonder what that means, you know? And in my head, I never thought to look it up because I. Did, just didn't care but i figured since we were on this subject and you said it i might as well ask about it yeah i just knew because um i knew it was the term from happy days and i knew some shows have done it uh like the simpsons make reference to it a lot too every now and then um and they've jumped a shark a couple times themselves and they know it so it's just a that's pretty much where i learned it from was from the simpsons i mean most people only watch the simpsons for predictions so, which people make fake predictions and use the Simpson as the predictors. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, um, so no love. It, it's a good song. Um, yeah, it definitely oh. is one of Wayne's better. I don't know if it's his best verses, but some of his better mm-hmm. verses for sure. So my question is, um, did Eminem write that verse for Lil Wayne? I don't think so. I mean, because he goes, throw dirt on me and grow a wildflower, but it's fuck the world. Go get a child outer. Yeah, my life's a bitch, but you know nothing about her. 
I've been to hell and back. I can show you vouchers. I'm rolling. I'm, I'm rolling sweet. I'm smoking sour. Married to the game, but she broke her vowels. That's why my bars are full of broken bottles and my nightstands are full of open bibles. I don't know. He might. <laughs> no, Little Wayne does stuff like nah. that. He's done verses like that. Yeah. Um, he still does verses like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but no, it, <laughs> I was gonna say M's verse on this song. I mean, he. This is kind of where you he's he's kind of transitioning into the the Marshall we know now, where he like you you get the double entendres and like he starts rapping a little faster, starts spitting a little bit faster and everything. Uh, but I mean, he he's literally telling everybody in the rap game, like. He's like, I'm here, and y'all got to deal with me. And he starts off, he says, I'm alive again, more alive than I've ever been in my whole entire life. See these people's ears perk up as I begin to spaz with the pen. Uh, I'm a little bit sicker than most. Shit's finna get thick again. They say the competition is stiff, but I get a hard dick from this shit, and I stick it in. I ain't never giving in again. Caution to the wind, complete freedom. Look at these rappers, how I treat them. So why the fuck would I join them when I beat them? They call me a freak because I like to spit on these pussies before I eat them. Man, get this whack cocksucker off stage. Where the fuck is Kanye when you need him? Snatch the mic from him. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish in a minute. <clears throat> yeah, that and make it in, in reference to Kanye jumping up on stage and Taylor Swift when she won the award for like Best New Artist or something like that at the MTV Awards. Best album of the year. She definitely didn't deserve that oh, shit. Oh, God, no. No, uh, she didn't win Best Album of the Year. She won Best New Artist. Or she no, won best. M- no, no, no. Eminem said that Beyonce deserved the award. Yeah, yeah, but yeah be- no, no, all, no. She didn't say he didn't say Beyonce deserved the award. He just said Beyonce had one of the best albums of all time, and Beyonce did win album of, or either it was yeah it was song of the year that year, and she, she yielded her top. Year, but Taylor Swift beat her out for album of the year. No, Bubba, she won best. Hang on, Matt, let me look it up real quick. Okay, so you look it up, and I'm gonna get out. back to it. Uh, go ahead. He said, yeah, that rap was tight, but, um, I'm about to spit the greatest verse of all time. So you might want to go back to the lab tonight and scribble out them rhymes. You were going to spit. And so start it was scratch. Taylor Swift wanted the best female video. Okay. okay. But Beyonce um, did win video of the year. I didn't look that far in. <laughs> I yeah, just know that it is that she won an award that he thought Beyonce deserved over her is what it was. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, yeah, because ah, son of a bitch, where'd it go? What you, what year did you say what that was? Two thousand nine, ten, two thousand ten. Okay, but uh, yeah, continue on with this. Yeah, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't two thousand. Yeah, it was two. Yeah, it was two thousand nine. It yeah. was. Yeah, Beyonce uh, won for single ladies. Taylor Swift won for best best female video. That's when Kanye jumped on the stage. And then after Beyonce won video of the year, she yielded her time to Taylor Swift because Taylor Swift couldn't give her a speech because Kanye jumped up on stage. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, M goes on to say, um, y'all can get roasted because Marsh is not mellow till I'm toppling from the top. I'm not going to stop. I'm standing on my not- on my Monopoly board. That means I'm on top of my game and it don't stop till hip don't hop anymore. Like, th- it, it, j- just the wordplay in this verse it, it <clears throat> like this is definitely the start of 
what came with Kamikaze, Music to be Murdered by, and all the, the guest features he's done recently. Or even on Marshall Mathers LP2. Yes and no. Um, uh, there's there's a whole a whole different thing with Marshall Mathers LP two. Uh, it, it's if you listen to every track from the Mathers LP one and the Mathers LP two, like one one two two, it's a continuation of the song. It, it's just like the the reverse uh, of what was on the first album so what was the so okay so what was if that's the case then what's the reverse of rap god i'd have to go back and look because rap god was track nine so what was track nine on lp1 Track nine was "Remember Me" by uh, with RBX and Sticky Fingers. Anyway, we'll get to that <clears throat> on the next. On the but I'll just say, was every right. single song supposed to be a continuation to one from before of the track Pre- from before? Pretty much. I didn't think it was though. I know some songs were, but I didn't think all of them yeah, were. Yeah, some songs were. Yeah, I had to, but then I had to go back and listen to Marshall Mathers too. I haven't listened to it in forever. Yeah. But Which is not the is that not the next one? Yeah, it is. That's the next one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, the next song. Are we ready to move on? Yeah, yeah. Spacebound. Um, which I didn't really. I, I. It was okay. I didn't really like it as much. Um. Yeah. I just I didn't like it as much because I feel like it was a relapse song. I, I wasn't. I mean, I thought it was okay, um, but I didn't look at it like I didn't look at it like it was. I mean, it was a single, and I didn't think it was gonna be a single. If that makes sense. It definitely didn't feel like a single. Chip. Yeah, it, it didn't it didn't feel like a single. I mean it, it's it's definitely a love song and, and some people consider it a sequel to the to the song Kim. Uh if you remember that song. Which one I don't <laughs> yeah. <that> song? <laughs> Kim. Yeah, I know. It was a joke. Oh, okay. But uh, like it definitely, like I said, this definitely feels like a some shady relapse song. Yeah, but I remember at the end of the first verse where he goes, "It's like an explosion every time I hold you." Wasn't joking when I told you you take my breath away. You're a supernova. Um, for those of you who don't know, a supernova is a really huge explosion in outer space. Um, and so if he's comparing the the girl to a supernova, it's a love metaphor pretty much. Um, and it's important to note that a supernova is also a phenomenon that occurs in the extremely rare case when it occurs, it shines even brighter uh, with brightness. That's unparalleled to even our own sun. So, right. 
Uh, yeah, and then, you know, like, after he says, you take my breath away, you're a supernova, then it goes into the chorus, and he says, I'm a space-bound rocket ship, and your heart's the moon, and I'm aiming right at you, right at you, 250,000 miles on a clear night in June, and I'm aiming right at you. Like, it, it kind of flows together pretty nicely into the chorus, uh, who, and the chorus is sung by a guy named Steve McEwen. And I don't think I've heard of him before. He's a he's a British singer, um, British-born South African songwriter, artist, musician. Uh, his songs have been recorded by country music artists such as Kenny Chesney, Carrie Underwood, Faith Hill, and Keith Urban. Outside country, he has written songs for rock and pop artists, uh, Kylie Minogue, Roger uh, Dietrich, uh, David Archuleta, James Morrison, Jim, James Blunt. Jackson Brown, James Bay, James Arthur, a lot of Jameses, and uh, also uh, uh, rapper Eminem. He's got a whole lot of songs in his discography. His fir the first song, I Still Long For You, in 1991, and the last song he was credited for was If You Can't Say Anything Nice by Leslie Mendelssohn. So there you go. So he's just a songwriter from Britain. Yeah, um, but I don't know. Um, my opinion on it, like I said it before, is it just feels like a relapse song, and I didn't really like it, especially after what the few songs that just came before it. Uh, eh. But eh. we also, but we also talk about Eminem's maturity, how he matures on his albums, and it's almost like whenever he because like you know on this album he you know shit it all over this person on this album he shit it all over that person and now we go to this album and he's not shitting on that person anymore in fact he's probably bigging them up like wait a minute why'd you have such a change of heart you know what i'm saying it's it's like we want to see the maturity but we still want to see you bash people like it's a it's a weird balance i guess i mean he did bash um not really bash bash but i mean he did a little hints here and there on other songs though right but the hints, I mean, but that's one thing, but it's like, it ain't, it like, nothing compared to fucking Kim or something like that. Yeah, but like, but, but that's why I thought it was weird because on the, uh, on the song before, when he was telling Kim, you know, he doesn't have any ill will towards or anything, then he makes sort of a sequel. I mean, he obviously doesn't really mention, he doesn't mention her, but I don't know. I just thought it was weird. Like I said, I feel like this one was going to be on relapse which would have made sense but then putting it this far into recovery especially after saying you know hey i know ill will still do anything for you you know whatever and then pretty much make a you know a sequel to a song that pretty much just slung her in the mud and killed her yeah i mean because you know the bridge between the the third verse well let, let me re re uh back up just a second because like the the last part of the uh well shit it's basically the whole third verse he says so after a year and six months it's no longer me that you want but i love you so much it hurts never mistreated you once i poured my heart out to you let down my guard swear to god i'll blow my brains in your lap lay here and die in your arms drop to my knees and i'm pleading i'm trying to stop you from leaving you won't even listen, so fuck it. 
I'm trying to stop you from breathing. I put both hands on your throat. I sit on top of you squeezing till I snap your neck like a popsicle stick. Ain't no possible reason I can think of to let you walk walk about this house and let <clears throat> and let you live. Tears stream down both of my cheeks. Now I let <laughs> now I let you go and just give. And for I put the temple the gun to my temple. I told you this. And this is the part where uh most people think that it's uh directed towards Kim because it says I would have done anything for you to show you how much I adored you, but it's over now. It's too late to save our love. Just promise me you'll think of me every time you look in the sky and see a star. Cause I'm a and then it goes into the chorus. It's interesting because I'm I'm reading I'm on Gen, I'm on a genius.com and it has an annotation that's next to the the one part where it says till I snap your neck like a pops you know it says like say the movie inception the meaning of these last few lines depends on which perspective you take on the song if you think it's about drugs then his then this represents his last battle with addiction but if you think it's a little bit more literal then it's a dramatic take at the end of his relationship. Yeah. So it's more of a, it's more of like a, not choose your, it's almost like it, 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 it's, it's open for interpretation. Let's say. Uh, I can definitely see how it, you would, you would open it for interpretation there. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so from there, we move on to the song um, Cinderella Man. Cinderella uh, Man. And this is also um, featuring uh, Kobe yeah. <clears throat> on it. And um, have you guys seen the uh, the video to this? I remember when it came out, but I didn't really look it up. Um, so... Uh, in the video, uh, Eminem's playing a boxer who makes a comeback, and he retakes the title as Raps welterweight champion. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, because you know M's a welterweight. You know heavyweight. heavyweight. <laughs> right. Um, but this is also kind of a. I mean, I like it, but it's also kind of a weird song, like. It's almost as if the the beat doesn't fit the song. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I also didn't like a lot of the repetition that's in the song. Cinderella There's a man. ton of repetition. Like a lot. It's like he mixed the, the chorus into his verses. And I was like, mm. I mean, I guess, I guess it's... It, but he only it does it for the first. But he only does, he only does it for like the first part of the verses, you know. Uh, yeah, but I mean, he doesn't all the ver- all the two verses. I mean, right. Although there yeah, was I mean, one part. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, in the first verse, I mean, he repeats Cinderella Man like eight eight times. times. Yeah, yeah, he says, "Who can catch lightning in a bottle? Set fire to water? Come out the nozzle on a fire hose." Flyer, flyer than swatters. Cinderella, Cinderella man, man, Cinderella man, Cinderella man, Cinderella man. Smashing our glass, grab the sand, take his hands and cup them. Spit a rhyme to freeze a clock. Take the hands of time and cuff them. And then it repeats Cinderella man again. 
uh and it does the same thing in the chorus and then the third verse he does it again it's like man how many times you gonna say cinderella man <laughs> right yeah, I, I, I was like uh uh but but <laughs> other than that i like the song yeah it, it's okay um Overall, I, I mean, I did like it. It's just, I didn't like the repetition. It really threw me off for a little bit. The other than that, I, I do like it overall on the album. It's a good song. Right. I I, 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 I really enjoy the song. Um, and he does, again, make reference to Relapse in this song where he goes, um, it's a trap. I was down. I, and when I was down, I was kicked. I got up. I'm back to punch you to the ground. You're tricked. It's a trap. Fuck my last CD. That shit's in my trash. I'll be GD'd if any if another rapper gets in my ass. You know, again, going back to, yo, fuck relapse. That shit was horrible. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, the next one that we're going to talk about is also again one of my favorite songs on the record and the song's 25 to life um this was one of those songs that is uh you think it's one thing and at the end it's another thing and this was what i was referencing to earlier um yeah i mean because here's the thing it's like the core source is like i don't think she understands the sacrifices that i've made Maybe if this bitch had acted right, I would have stayed. But I've already wasted over half my life. I would have laid down and died for you. I no longer cry for you. No more pain. Bitch, you took me for granted. Took my heart and ran it straight to another planet. Into the dirt, I can no longer stand it. Now my respect, I demand it. I cannot, I'm going to take control of this relationship. Command it. And I'm going to be the boss of you now. You know, and it was... The whole thing, you're talking, okay, it, 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 this song's got to be about Kim. Like, there's no other explanation. This has got to be a Kim song, right? And yeah. Then, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, no, go ahead. But, but then, like, you go ahead and he he kind of goes for it again. Uh, at, at the first where he's like, I feel like I would have been over backwards for you. Uh, then he talked about, like, jealous when I spent time with my girls. Uh, you know, how can I moonlight on the side? And everything until you get to the last part, he goes, my friends keep asking me why I can't just walk away from I'm addicted to the pain, the stress, the drama and drawn to shit. I guess I'm a mess because I'm blessed and I'm cursed and blessed. But this time I ain't changing my mind. I've I'm climbing out this abyss. I'm screaming as I walk out that you're screaming as you walk that you'll be missed. But when you spoke of people who meant the most to you, you left me off your list. Fuck you, hip hop. I'm leaving you. My life sentence is served, bitch. And now it's, and then it goes into the chorus. Cause again, you think the whole thing is about Kim, but in actuality, he's talking about the one thing he spent the majority of his life doing, which was hip hop music. Yeah. It's, it's very similar to uh, commons, uh, I used to love her and Tupac's Me and My Girlfriend, uh, where at first glance, when you listen to it, it's like, okay, this is about this thing. And then by the end of it, you're like, 
oh man, they got me. That's not, they weren't talking about a, a female at all. You right. Know? Um, but I think, the, but I think that's the mark of a good artist. That's the mark of a good poet, a good wordsmith, a good lyricist, a good oh, rapper, sure. you know, is that you can take it to a level because there is a, because you got the storytelling aspect of it. And also at the same time, you got the twist ending right there towards the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like I said, I, I, I thought it was going to be, at first I thought this was like, oh, this is a relapse song. And then right. it switches over and I'm like, oh, no, 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 this is a recovery song. This definitely fits recovery. I really liked mm -hmm. it. Um, caught me by surprise. I didn't think I was going to like it. Really liked it. It uh, The storytelling is really good. Especially it's one of, when it's one of my favorite songs on the record. Yeah, especially when you yeah. figure out what he is actually talking about. So, so you you almost have to listen to this song twice. So you listen to it once, and then when it gets to the end, and you know you get the realization of what he's actually talking about, immediately go back and listen to it again, and all the hints were there all along. You just didn't catch on to them. Yeah. That scheme. Uh, so. Mm -hmm. um, so the next song on the list. Oh, crap. I just clicked, <laughs> so bad. I clicked out by accident. Um, yeah, so bad. Um, which, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, so bad was. Uh, gosh, I can't remember which one this was. I got to look it up. What are you looking for? Um, just trying to remember um, the song so bad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, this one. Yeah. No, I remember. I feel like this is a, a Slim Shady s song. Yeah, but it wasn't like relapse Slim Shady. No, it's more like earlier. Like, um, it, it, it's like Marshall Mathers LP Slim Shady. Yeah, or uh, Encore Current Call uh, Slim Shady, or the Eminem Show. Yeah, just everything that was not relapse. Yeah, everything that wasn't relapse. Yeah, it is just it wasn't too you know too far on the extreme level. Um, I I, I liked it. It was all right, but I was like, like I said, it, it's just one of those songs. It doesn't really fit. It, it it's okay. It fits lyrically, but then I was like, this this might have been not for this album. But it's the only well, well, I think I know why the beat was so good. It was the only beat on the album that was produced by Dre. Is but it? it wasn't exclusively yeah. produced by Dre. Well, it, it was him and Nick Brog uh, Brogger Brogger Brogner Brongers. There you go, Brongers. Um, but Dre did have an input in it. Is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, he might have been the he might have laid out the actual song, and then Nick Brongers might have been like the master mix kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it was yeah. a Dre beat, but Nick took took it and fixed right. it and tweaked it or whatever. Uh, other popular songs that um, Nick Brongers, yeah, he's also known as Al Um uh, but he, he did Diplomatic Immunity over. Yeah, he did. Uh, both by Drake. Uh, he did Little Havana by Rick Ross off uh, Ross's new album, which if you haven't heard, go check that one out. Uh, he did uh, Pianist Hands by Drake. Uh, I mean, that's just a couple right off the top. Uh, but this is the only song he's done for M. 
He did Outstanding by Talib Kweli and Z Trip. Uh, what Up by Pimp C. So, yeah, he doesn't have a, a, a huge catalog of songs that he's produced, but, you know, the ones he has done are, are good songs. There's some clicking. <laughs> Y'all there? Y'all yeah. Here? I oh. said I heard some clicking. <laughs> oh. I heard somebody typing, so I didn't know if we, somebody was typing in the chat or not. Mm-mm. Yeah, somebody was no. typing. Yeah, no. I was just uh, letting y'all know some of the songs that old, old Nick Brongers has produced. Yeah, Diplomatic Mutiny, the one and only. Um, but no overall he's all day every day Um, (laughs) but no this like I said this song I didn't I didn't dislike it and it's not too bad like it's not too silly but some shady song I didn't think it fit the overall of this album it should have been like uh, like a single or something like like one of those just EP kind of things but not actually on the album right buddy not yet. Um, so the next song is Almost Famous? Yes. Yep, Almost Famous. Uh, Which is also, actually, uh, there's a movie called Almost Famous in uh, which a young man discovering his fame, uh, fame drugs, and rock and roll, just kind of like Eminem has throughout his uh, career. I think I've seen that movie. Uh, uh, it's the one with um, what's her freaking name? Oh, uh, in almost famous. Yeah, it is. Uh, Kate Hudson. That's who it is. Yeah. Sorry. Um. But yeah, it's said in the seventies. Uh, um, I'm trying to remember the song. Like, it, it's, it's an okay song. Um, what, uh, almost famous. Yeah, the movie's almost. Sorry, it's almost. It's a good movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's all right. Um, <laughs> all right, but the, but the song itself, it it literally is sort of a. Eminem, I'm not Eminem, it's more like a Slim Shady Marshall song on the back and forth-esque, am I, I think, because uh, it talks about Eminem's actual history of him, of yeah, his Yeah, like from freestyle battle rapper to now being a superstar. Yeah. Right. Um, and the reason why I say Slim Shady is because there's some, there's some lyrics where are just like, eh, um... Well, when, when you kick off the, the song with, I stuck my dick in this game like a rapist, call me Slim Roethlisberger, like, ugh. Uh, man, a, he, was making, he was making reference to Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, raping two, yeah. two women. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, it, yeah, this <sighs> is definitely Shady-esque, you know, because yeah. I'll go berserker than a, FedEx, a fed up postal worker. 
I murk her with a Mossberg. I'm pissed off, get murdered. Like someone took a ketchup squirter, squirted a Frankfurter. For a gangster, you sure did shit your pants. When you saw, <laughs> when you saw the chainsaw get to waving like a terrible towel. Ring, ring, ring. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely some some slim shady uh bars right there. But yeah, um I liked it over I, I this one definitely is a fit of recovery. Like it makes sense to be on the album. Yeah. Uh yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um but you know, it it definitely I like I like the the I like the story, but some of the lyrics just I'm like uh um, like the verse three. Now there he goes and Dre studio accompanied his boss, screaming the wood off the paneling because the paint cussing the paint off the walls. Um, yeah, like, uh, like I get it. Like like I said, that's why it's a mix of Slim and Marshall because like the cup and the balls obviously is the goofiness, and then screaming the wood off the panel, cussing the paint off the walls is Eminem. I mean right. Marshall. Um, no, nah, but overall it was. I really like the uh, uh, the song on the album here. Ugh, right, I, I did too. Yeah, uh, and then there's the one line in verse three. I, I I chuckle every time I hear it, and I'm I'm a terrible person for for chuckling. But he yeah, says, you are. They can, <laughs> they, I think I know what I think I know what line you're thinking of. They can go get a belt or a necktie to hang themselves by, like Cave Dare, like David Carradine. They can go fuck themselves and die, like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah man, that autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> autoerotic asphyxiation. That's what they said to kill Bill, man. Yeah, they got that man. Like, <laughs> like I chuckle every time I hear that line, and I shouldn't. But it's didn't like, you use? But didn't you use that in a promo one time? Yes, I did. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, he did. <laughs> He did. Uh, I mean, you know, real life heel. Whatever you got to do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, All right, but no, burning like, rebel flags and shit. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 God's work right there. <laughs> um. All right. All right. The like, next song is a song Roger hates. Um. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it's a pop song. Yeah. Yep. It it. If it was a Rihanna featuring Eminem, it would make sense, but it's Eminem featuring Rihanna. But like I said, it's the story of an abusive relationship, which makes sense since of what happened with... It is like almost right after Chris Brown and Rihanna's incident, and obviously Eminem knows about abusive relationships. Yeah, but now they they did do a a sequel to this song on Rihanna's album called Love the Way You Lie Part 2. And it was narrated primarily from Rihanna's perspective. Yeah. Uh, this is also Eminem's best-selling single ever. It's sold over 12 million copies in the U.S. alone. It, it's gone 14 times platinum in Australia. It was UK's best-selling song in 2010. It's also one of the most viewed YouTube videos of all time with 2.28 billion views as Jesus. of September 2021. Uh, so that, I mean, that's been a few months, right? Um, and not, not just because of Brianna's popularity. Uh, it made sense for it. Like I said, it made sense for it being the, the obviously a single being put out. But 
at the, like I said at the time, it was right after the Chris Brown Rihanna incident, and um, also just the popular rise of Rihanna at this point, and then right. Eminem coming back free from relapse and making a good album again, <laughs> right? But yeah, but I mean, the song's about you know domestic violence and the shit that goes with it and being a fucked up relationship and Which how many of us done. <laughs> we've all been in fucked up relationships absolutely the third verse though is i think the one that everybody clings to uh where he goes now i know it's, we it's... said things did things that we didn't mean we fall back into the into the same pattern the same routine but our tempers just as bad your temper is just as bad as mine you're the same as me when it comes to love you're just as blinded baby please come back it wasn't you baby it was me we've heard that a thousand times maybe our relationship isn't crazy as it seems yeah it is maybe that's what happens when a tornado meets a volcano all i know is i love you too much to walk away though okay then it's like come inside pick your bags up off the sidewalk don't you hear the sincerity in my voice when i talk i told you this is my fault look me in the eyeball next time i'm pissed i'll aim my fist at the drywall all right kyle next time there won't be a next time i apologize even though I know it's lies, I'm tired of the games. I just want to back. I know I'm a liar. If she ever tries to fucking leave again, I'm a tired to the bed and set this house on fire. Like, <laughs> like that's kind of the, like, that's, that's what y'all canceling him. Okay. <laughs> Which it doesn't make sense. Cause they obviously didn't pay attention about it being a song about the signs of domestic abuse. Right. Of it's a toxic exactly relationship. What it is. Is is literally all the third verse itself is the the blueprint of a Kyle. Yes. Next time I'll pit you were, we're literally it, it's in it's in the damn song. It says it says next time I'm pissed, I'll aim my fist at the drywall. Nobody does that, but Kyle. Sorry, Kyle, if you're listening. But, um, but also, <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, just in general, like you know, putting her shit out on the sidewalk. Oh, don't you hear how sincere I am now? Um, uh, the fake crying, trying to put the blame, shifting the blame to themselves to make the other person feel guilt, and then obviously the fist through the drywall. Um, I apologize, even though I know it's lies. I'm tired of this game. I just want her back. I know I'm a liar. If she ever tried to fucking leave me, in. like, like literally the blueprint of a Kyle relationship. There's Mountain Dew and Monster Energy drinks all over the floor. And Domino's fucking boxes in the trash. Mm-hmm. The Xbox still left on the, the title screen of Call of Duty. Man, Kyle don't play no Xbox. Oh wait, you're right. I'm sorry. PlayStation. MLB nah, the show. Nah, they got the they got the Dreamcast still going. Oh Jesus Christ, bro. <laughs> they said they got that Sonic Adventure going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that game so sucked. They got bass fishing. That game Good sucked. Sorry. What? Sonic Adventure? the fuck out of here i didn't like it i'm sorry i love that game especially this side quest of raising your chia do you boo boo (laughs) you do you i wasn't a fan of it um i mean so all in all i thought it was a good song if you listen to like if you take the the story they're trying to tell you from it like these are clearly the signs of domestic abuse and if you're going through any of these like get the fuck away Remember, you can always call the police and pretend you're ordering a pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. Um, so, uh, 
let's go ahead and move on to the next song because the next song is one of in my opinion the saddest songs on the album yeah yeah uh which definitely fits the album too yeah uh, it's it's you're never over uh and this is m's ode to to proof like to proof yeah his his best friend uh and it it also samples the song cry little sister um, yeah. Which, um, also, which produced kind of by just Blaze. Yeah, of course. Uh, but you know the 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 sampling of "Cry Little Sister" fits the story perfectly. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it's it's it starts out with it, verse one. He says. If proof could see me now, I know he'd be proud. Somewhere in me, deep down, there's something in me he found that made him believe in me. Now no one can beat me now. You try, it'll be like them doors on Dre's Phantom. Believe me, clowns. That means suicide, homie. You'll never throw me down. Off this course, blow me, bitch. I do this all for the sport only. But I want it all. I'm not just talking about the awards, homie. And the ball's in my court, and it's lonely. On top of the world... When you're the only one with the balls in your shorts to leave your jaws on the floor with no remorse. Remember that when they get to dogging your boy homie so y'all can get to blogging about baloney. I'm not going to stop. The saga continues. No stopping the Porsche. Obi, I'm mopping the floors with them. I keep trying to pass it, but they keep on dropping the torch and it won't it won't be long till the sport is O.V.E.R just blazing me we're knocking on doors and no we ain't pumpkins on halloween but we'll show up on your porch so be careful what you say there ain't no punks over here so follow follow me through the fog like snoop let me guide you through the smoke g if only i wasn't traveling down this road by my lonely no one who knew me like you will ever know me i don't think you understand how much you meant to me yep and in the chorus, I mean, the days are cold, like living without well, you. The nights are long and growing older. I miss the days of old, thinking of you. You may be gone, but you're never over. Yeah, I mean, that's, that shit's deep right there. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, and then it just, it gets deeper, you know, in the next verse. Uh, so, I, I mean, this is only a two-verse song, but good lord man it's, it's i mean did we want it to go more <laughs> i mean just it's so sad with two verses i don't know if we could have handled a third verse uh, i couldn't have Shit, i barely got through verse one when you could tell it's so authentic because i mean he he called him by the nickname he gave him not yeah his his work name or or shoot name, you know what I'm saying? But no, um, I mean, is where he says, is some, uh, "Guess the best thing I can do now, duty, is for you to rep." Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just a, you know, it's an extremely sad song. Um, if you ever, especially if, you, if somebody's ever lost a, a best friend that's sort of like a brother or a sister, I mean, you you definitely feel it on this one. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, 
let's move on to the next one, um, which is untitled. Yeah, because it wasn't actually. I don't think he was gonna put it on the album. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, this song. Was, let me see if uh, it says something about it. Produced by Havoc. Uh, well, is that Havoc from Mob Deep? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who also produced uh, "Famous" by Kanye West, "Real Friends" by Kanye West. Uh, Shook Ones Part 2 by Mob Deep, of course. Welcome to Hell by Bad Meets Evil. Uh, Black Thought by Black Thought. Gosh, such a good song. Yeah, Why by Jadakiss. Like, dude is such an underrated producer. Because he does... he's He does the the true hip-hop bangers. Mm-hmm. Um, which we know... the different, like, So, can we distinguish this? What we what we claim is hip hop and what we claim is rap, like the difference in our opinions. Um, Cause for me, hip hop is the lyrical storytelling and rap is the commercial um, aspect of rhyming. Yeah. Most definitely. Like, like when, when I think of, of hip hop, I, I think of uh, like, most death, Nas, most death, Nas, Common, Talib Kweli. Yeah, we said that at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, oh, have, y- have y'all listened? Well, side, sidebar that for a second. Have y'all listened to Talib Kweli's po- uh, podcast, yes. People's Party? Yes. No, I love that podcast, dude. Um, but no, like, so we 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 all pretty much agree that the hip hop is the the lyrical, thought provocative stuff, mm-hmm. which is why earlier stuff. In the, in the genre was called hip hop and then it changed to rap um, right and I guess the real influence was or the big change was when it became the gangster style um, cause that's really all I could think of when it really became from hip hop to being rap because it was just about the gangster yeah. aspect which they still told, told stories but there was just a lot of they did it was they, different they, they... They changed the, the the genre because it literally went from lyrical content uh, from guys like um, Fast KRS Freddy and the One. Furious Five, KRS One, you know, etc., to gangster rap. Uh, which well, well, that, well, well, there was a period of time time in between that where you had like LO Cool J, KRS One, and a couple that's of still others. Hip-hop. That's still hip hop. Yeah, that's hip hop. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I consider KRS One, KRS One blended because he did a lot of early, a lot of his early stuff is hip hop, and then he did later in his career he did rap rap, but he also did hip hop on those albums. So it was like he knew he knew where the music business was swinging, quote unquote, the rhyme uh, schemes to being more of the the hip the rap style instead of hip hop. Because nowadays, I mean, to be honest. We know a lot of hip hop artists, but nowadays those guys don't get big. It's all these shitty rappers, right? Well, I guess it was the way Chip said it. Chip said that oh, we went from this generation to gangster rap, but I felt like there was a generation in between that kind of bridged it together. I mean, but, slick but breaking all them was still hip hop and yeah. I mean, I mentioned KRS One in the hip hop generation, yeah. And it, it I, and it was sort of like I don't really think it was a generation thing. I think it literally like 
the, the hip hop guys were still doing hip hop and then rap guys showed up on the scene and just took over more like they, they took the spotlight because of how aggressive, ruthless, unwavering they were while hip hop guys were still like, you know, trying to do stories to be lyrical and making you understand where you would have to listen to it four or five times. I mean, all of us think, I mean, it, well, I'm, I'm not speaking for everybody, but we all think as true hip hop fans that Illmatic is by far like top five album of all times, right? Oh, I think so. As far as Nas's catalog or overall hip hop? Overall hip hop. Overall hip hop. Like hip hop, uh, not rap. Okay. Hip-hop, okay. Yeah. If we're, uh, mm, I'm gonna have to. It's up there. I'll, I I had to go through. I had to go back and listen. But I mean, but my point being, like. You could tell. You could say. You can tell. That's a hip hop album. There's no like. Yeah, Illmatic is definitely a hip hop record. Yeah, and it is. But it's still Matic, But it's still Matic a hip hop record, or is it a rap record? It's a blend because he does okay. hip hop, but he also does rap. It's a blend. So okay, um, so okay, so so. But isn't that kind of like where we were where we were headed? Because there were some that was all rap, some that was all hip hop. But if you get that one artist that can blend it perfectly together, wouldn't that be more of a that's it. That's the that's the kind of that's the kind of artist you would want because yeah, I want somebody to tell me a story and I love lyrics and everything like that. But I also want to know, you know, just I need that motivate. I need that thug motivation, like Jeezy said. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, need, I, I just need that. I need sometimes I just need to hear a lyric song that just gets me going, gets me pumped. I don't really care what it's about. You know, just put that music out there sometimes. And I'm okay. not saying I'm not saying you know, not not all rap artists can't do hip-hop i'm not saying that but like eminem can clearly do both yes right um but the versatility of those artists is what makes them i mean obviously better artists i mean Nas music still stands up krs one's music still stands up eminem's music still holds time everything like that but there's guys that did just rap and they're the ones that fall off. Like if they don't learn how to blend and make themselves more versatile, more consumable to everybody, they fall off. We or they, or, or yeah. they, or they, or they just fall into a trend. Yeah. Because I mean, let's be honest, the early two thousands, you know, it was the crunk era. How many Tons of bad, not bad rap, but a lot of rap artists that just didn't evolve. Yeah, I mean, like, 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 from that that crunk from like two thousand to like really like 2003 to 2007 it was the era of like the dances and things like that you know you had the you know dj like what anybody know what dj unk doing right now uh two stepping at probably uh roscoe's <laughs> maybe <laughs> uh, we just we talked about it on the last uh we talked about it on the last episode of uh battle topics the fuck jayquan doing right now what was he doing i forgot what he was even doing <laughs> i don't know nothing nothing <laughs> No, yeah, but, um, but I mean, fucked up a piece with that album, you know. <laughs> I, I was gonna say that's that's why guys like <clears throat> Lil John and the East Side Boys, uh, uh, Lil Scrappy, like you don't hear from them now because they were, for lack of a better term, one hit wonders. Like Lil John can't really do anything but crunk music. Like he's good for a guest spot to go. Yeah, okay. He's a what? great hype man. 
He's a, a yeah, he's a, he's a hype man. Yeah. yeah. But he's a great producer too, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Scrappy just did too much gangster rap or trap rap, the Atlanta rap, um, and never evolved. Like the guy that surprised me the most during that era that changed and evolved and got both blended was Gucci Mane. Yeah, yeah. Because to be honest, like when he first came out, it was literally all just rap. It was trap. It was trap. It was all trap music. And then he started getting hip hop here and there. He started telling stories. Started actually doing you know different thing. And I was like, oh, okay. And like out of the all the people, I thought Jeezy was gonna be the one to evolve, and he didn't. But but, here, right. but but here's something else too. Pitbull came out of nowhere, and Lil John did. Let's see, let's see three. Lil John six. was his main producer. Yeah, he 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 did like sixteen tracks for Pitbull. He did Pitbull's know? like first two albums. Yeah, uh, Miami two and yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Then, I know he did Miami. <laughs> so what now? And then he transitioned to pop music. Hey, he's Mr. the guy. He, he's the guy in every pop song now. Well, he's, he did the smartest business move. He not he didn't go hip hop and rap. No, he went pop. That man was like, I'm going to make myself versatile to every genre because he speaks two languages. Yep. Right. So he's like, I'm going to do it here in the in the in the states, but I'm also going to do it in the the Caribbeans. I'm going to do it in South America. I'm you know what I'm saying I'm going to do it for everybody. That's and why he called himself Mister Worldwide. Even yeah, even though he only did North. Central and South America music, but Dale. yeah, hey, you know what I'm saying? But no, like he he was smart. I don't like a lot of his music now because it's just crappy pop filtered over and over again. Hey, that crappy, but that crappy pop though it made him a shit ton of money. Oh, for sure, you know, I ain't gonna knock the hustle on that one. Did right, the smartest thing. This man broke out on the scene talking about asses, and now he's uh, doing children's songs. Oh God in heaven. So anyway, uh, let's get the song untitled. Back on track. <laughs> the uh, the song untitled. Uh, this is definitely a slim shady song. Um, I think it's an Eminem song. Yeah, I would say Eminem. Yeah, not, yeah, because it's not uh, the lyrics aren't too goofy. They're they're no, not too goofy, but they're. They're still kind of they're, weird, but the, like they like the Eminem weird. Uh see, I think they're Slim Shady weird with with lyrics like "So bad you'll have Kurt Cobain asking to autograph a bloodstained napkin," unfashionable and about as rational as a rash in a fag's asshole. <laughs> yeah, okay, that, that's, that, that's, that's, a, that's a Slim. There, that's yeah. definitely Slim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean. It's it's not a terrible song, but I understand why it was a hidden track, kind of at the end of the regular uh, album, uh, because the next couple of songs are on the deluxe album, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they were uh, in the deluxe set. I listened to all but one song, um, but they they definitely fit the album better than this song did. <laughs> right. Yeah, so so the song after Riders, which is on the deluxe, or after Untitled, which is on the deluxe album, is called Riders. Um, um, and this was oh, produced shit. solely by Dr. Dre, um, and uh, you know, uh, at the end of the track, there's a D12 shout out, 
uh, on there. Yeah, it was really random because you can't. I mean, can you really make a D twelve album without proof? Uh, no, uh, you can't. And that's why they never no. really did that third album. Uh, Which man, I miss D twelve so much. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I I feel like this song is is all about like it, it's kind of about D twelve. You know, um, yeah, um, he makes references to him here and there, um, like it, like it's a hint that I, I don't know, maybe more like because of what like the passive proof is finally weighing on him, he wants to make sure that you know the other guys don't feel like they don't matter, stuff like that. I don't know, I don't know, um, and then he obviously gives him the shout out and everything, mm-hmm. but, um. I mean, it is riders, so those are his boys that ride with him. Or that right. he considers his riders. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's a good song overall. Um, I think this is the this is the second the last one, and I didn't listen to the other one. I listened to this one. This was the last one I listened to, um, but I didn't hey. listen to the last one. Uh, so but I like this one. Sessions or is session one featuring Slaughterhouse? I didn't listen to that one. Oh, so you listened to the No Love remix with Busta and Lil Wayne? No, that one totally wasn't on there. Um, the deluxe only goes up to uh, session one. Okay. Yeah. yeah session one's the last one on it. Um, I didn't even know they did a No Love remix with Buster and Lil Wayne. Yep. Um, but I guess we can go on to... Um, Talon, do you have anything about uh, Riders or... No, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a Detroit, you know, it was... One of those songs that like it was good, <laughs> but um, it was definitely a, a slim chase. It's a mix of slim and um. I felt um, like it was just an Eminem one. I feel like I mean, there was, but I think with every Eminem song, there's a subtle slim shade yeah, in there. The, you know what I mean? Because slim is the alter ego of Eminem. Um, so obviously they're both the same. Uh, this two sides of the same coin i guess yeah um, two sides of the same coin that marshall matt he's yeah. a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude yeah but he's not getting away with blackface over right yeah, Donnie jr can get away with that only yeah <laughs> right <laughs> that movie's so underrated though man that I movie's that so movie. good i love that movie was like but here, the thing is like the only reason why he got away with that is because it was spoofing whitewashing in hollywood which still goes on and literally, I don't think anybody got mad about that except for cancel culture nowadays, where they're finally going back to a movie that's what twelve years old now, and they're like, "Oh, dear. oh Robert Downey Jr. did blackface, yeah, and that motherfucker was Iron Man, so appreciate him, get off his dick, right?" <laughs> Same. Man, be- he went to prison, came back, became a superhero, and did blackface. Get over it, right? And and, and but they they try to cancel everything. Like it's like you mean to tell me you seen somebody say a racial slur in high school and you didn't do anything? So, um, like what? Like, <laughs> I wasn't even at school that day. What the fuck are you talking about? Um, so I know it's off top topic, but it's sort of the trail top. But one of my favorite, like, uh, semi known comedians, Matt Rife, he's a dude like, like 23, 24, something like that. And he just, he bought, he had a crowdfunding to do his own stand up special because somebody was giving it to him. So he did it on YouTube for free. And it's really good. But in it, 
he talks about how he almost got canceled for something he tweeted out when he was like 14 or 15. So, you know, stupid high school kid shit. Right. Literally him and his friend, he's his best friend who's black and they was flaming each other on Twitter back and forth. And his friend said something to him that like, you know, won the, won the battle, like won the roast. And then he said, he's like, and uh, after my friend beat me, then I did, I tweeted out this lyric by, um, chief keith and it's like uh it said um gosh i can't remember what i don't know chief keith songs it said in reference it said the n-word in it and he's like i didn't have an issue with it but like he's like nowadays people will see it this happened like he's like this happened like eight nine years ago and now people see it and bring it up and he's like if you don't think people can change in eight nine years yeah he's like i'm not excusing me doing that it was stupid but i didn't take it that way my friend didn't take that way but you're doing it and you're mad about that. He's like, I don't understand why you have to go so deep into people's history to see and try to make it seem like people can't change. And it's true. Some people can change. I'm not saying all people don't, all people change. Cause not all people change. Some people are just shitty people in the world, but I yeah, mean, but look at give people an opportunity. I mean, let's, let's be honest. We've all said stupid shit when we were younger. Right. Uh, yeah i mean we i mean that's but when you're young you're goofy you're trying to be like the extreme funny like you're trying to be you know the next top comedian you're trying to say whatever the fuck you want to say to be you know funny and goofy and crazy and shock and all kind of stuff mm -hmm. like like me i i went to uh an all-black school uh in my graduating class uh there was me and uh, a white girl named kelly and that's it uh, all through school, like I, I, I went from like first grade to 12th grade with all the same friends, all the same, you know, I mean, we were, it, it was all the same. Uh, and I, I remember distinctly, like when I got to high school, uh, I mostly had white teachers and they would ask me like in front of the class, Hey, Chip. You know, how does it feel to be the only, you know, white kid in class or whatnot, uh, which made me feel awkward just to like out me like that, like because I never seen it that way. Just right. these were my friends. I mean, like I th these are the, 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 the people I grew up with. And uh, I, I remember like first day of like ninth grade. Uh, first teacher asked me that and before I could say anything like three or four of my friends was like oh oh Chip he, Chip's not white he's got a skin disorder and <laughs> you got a real vitiligo <laughs> yeah like you know uh, and uh, you know I'm not ashamed I, I, I used to bust the sag like me and my friends we'd be like <clears throat> like I, I don't say it anymore obviously but you know that kind of admiration you know be like what up you know in or whatnot and you know but and and none of my friends ever had a problem with that but i distinctly remember like years later uh like hanging out with one of my friends and like he said it to me and uh 
I said it back to him and somebody got offended and I was like, oh man, like maybe I, I shouldn't say that anymore. Like it, it, it was never re- meant racially. It was just, it was how we always greeted each other. You know what I mean? Um, yes. Uh, before we get to social political anything, my thing is you can tell when people's intents with that word. Yeah. No matter how they say, you can always feel the meaning behind it. No matter mm-hmm. if they're trying, no matter if they disguise it as a friendly way, you can feel it. I've, when I first like really started noticing racial stuff down here, like I could tell which one of my friends was cool and everything like that. And then I could tell which people was trying to, you know, talk out the side of their mouth. Like I could always feel it. Right. And you, you can sense it with people, no matter how they, how friendly they try to act or how honest or genuine they sound, you can tell. And my thing with, you know, white people saying the N word, whatever, if you have, if you with your black friends and they do that to you and they've always allowed you to say it and you offend someone from outside the group, my thing is... Be, obviously apologize because you know it's it is a word from its origin meaning being a bad thing for every mm-hmm. anybody of any color obviously used mostly for black people in america but my thing is be like yo my fault me and my boys always say this to each other it's my bad i'm not meaning any intent or anything bad with it i'm not gonna say it anymore like that you know for you and then obviously you know just move on from it don't make it a thing and that's black people too. Don't make it to that. If somebody apologizes, explains that, you know, you know, my friend, me and my friends, my boys let me do it. So hey, whatever. It's cool. Just let it go. Be like, Hey, don't do it again. They say, don't do it again. Cool. My the issue problem, is when people, go ahead. sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say the problem that the problem about nowadays is that the apology is never good enough. Is, is it? Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like my issue is that people don't, don't want to, accept the apology anymore they want you to beg and grovel and you know do flips on your head or something right it's like if i said i'm sorry because i always believe because we're supposed to be the land of second chances right i mean if i make a mistake you automatically shun me like no like i made a mistake please forgive me of my mistake and they're like okay i forgive you but i won't forget that you that you said it or whatever you know which but that's the thing i mean Every culture has those certain words or certain phrases or certain stereotypes that you don't want to, you know, imply, you know, even if it's a good stereotype, it's still a stereotype and people can be upset, you know, about it. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it drives me crazy because it's like, why do we focus so much on what makes us different? We don't focus on what makes us the same. You know, we don't focus on, you know, our, what, what we can learn from each other instead of being different from each other, you know, which I get, you know, being different, being independent, you know, all that, all that sort of stuff, embracing your culture and your heritage and things of that nature. And I understand that, but at the same time, that doesn't just because you embrace your culture doesn't mean you're anti somebody else's culture do you see what i'm saying yeah it's all about how you how how all the dialogue really is i think it's really the best way to say it because 
if I say, yeah, I won't say it again. If I said it that way with no, you know, empathy, no sympathy, no, you know, connection, people obviously will be like, oh man, fuck this dude. He, he don't mean that shit. But if I'm like, oh, my bad for real though, I didn't mean it that way. Won't say it again. So like, if you say it like that, it doesn't sound disingenuous, but like in other cases, like right now we're living in a very heated, uh, racial tense situation, which is everybody, everybody, no matter what color you are, is walking on eggshells because everybody feels like something is going to set off the next thing to happen. I mean, how many times have we had riots in the streets? How much have we had shit go down? I mean, in the news constantly shows whites versus blacks all the time. And that shit's always going to happen. And unfortunately, there are shitty people on both sides. There's shitty black people. There's shitty white people. There's shitty Asians. There's shitty Hispanics. There's shitty people on all fuck colors aspects. And they're going to do shitty things no matter what. But every year it's something different. It's like one year it's black versus white. The next year it's Democrat versus Republican. This year it's vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Next year it's, you know, the woke media versus the liberal agenda. And it's like, I want to just get on all of the social media pages all over the world and just say, shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. Like, you're you're creating more diversity by doing shit like this. And again, like what I said a second ago. You have to, you know, we got to come together and figure this shit out because at the end of the day, regardless of what your personal beliefs are, regardless of what side you lean, at the end of the day, we're all human fucking beings and we need to start treating each other that way. Yes. And my last thing I'm going to say is that everybody has an opinion, but people don't seem to understand that your opinion, not not all opinions are correct and not all opinions are facts it's the lowest form of human knowledge yeah you can have an opinion and it'd be fucking wrong yep and go look at any wrestling fan page <laughs> i guarantee you ours is not wrong though not ours wrong. is not wrong though but then again Hulk, but, Hogan but we're in the business wrestling. he did yes he did <laughs> but no uh it, it, like that's the thing people don't people want to believe that their opinions are facts hard cold fucking no. facts and will never change it even when provided with evidence and i forget the term for that um gosh um the term you know, for what now there's a term for people who are when they are given facts that counter their opinion will still stick with their opinion i forget what it's called confirmation biased is that what it actually is i thought it was an actual award for it though uh, uh, well, but yeah confirmation uh, bias is where you you look for stuff that confirms your theory or your opinion and you don't want to look into somebody else's but every single like i said before man both sides do it you know liberal people do it conservative people especially conservative people do it liberals more just want to cancel everybody conservatives are more like you're wrong here's why you're wrong and i don't give a shit about your opinion you know that's i mean no disrespect to charlie kirk but that's what charlie kirk does all the time he'll 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 give this long ass 15 minute you know dissertation and then when someone tries to ask him questions he talks down to the person makes him tries to make him feel like shit interrupts them every chance that he gets and then at the end of this you haven't learned a damn thing other than hey charlie kirk's a bit of a dick but you know he's a he's a he's a political commentator whatever the fuck that means you know and again this isn't a shot at him or anything like that i mean i'm just being that's how he comes across so you know and it's the same way with people on the young turks channel and everybody else you know you know 
how can you sit there and say, I know how to fix the country? Okay, well then run for fucking president or shut the fuck up. That's, you know, I don't know. So denialism and confirmation bias are the two words, I guess, for uh, ignoring facts, essentially. Yeah. Um, but yes, um, back to music. Sorry about this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, um, we are on the session one, the last song, or yeah, the last song on the deluxe edition, which is Eminem with uh, Slaughterhouse, except Joe Budden. Yeah. Probably made the song better. Yeah, I mean, it was M, Royce, Joel Ortiz, and uh, King Crooked. King Crooked, but Crooked Eye back in the day. Right. Uh, what do you think about this song, Chip? I like the song. Uh, anything Slaughterhouse is is good, in my opinion. Uh, I don't like Joe Budden much. Well, I since he, he got was... since he got body by Hollow? No, I think he's... I've always thought... I mean... <laughs> The only, all, all like two songs by him overall. Um, Which two? Come and take a walk with me. Do a love that song. And shit, I gotta look at the other one. That's a, that's in my top ten all time uh, as far as rap songs go. Uh, gosh, I don't remember what the other one is. You um, heard it off the Def Jam fight for New York soundtrack, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did too. <laughs> um, shoot, I gotta go back and listen to which one it was. But there's another one that's actually. It was good for him. Um, man, what is it? Fire, which is off the same album. That's the other three album with Walk With Me. Is that so the one with Busta Rhymes? Fire is... Yes, yes, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, it was Busta Rhymes. Mm-hmm. But I guess this was when Joe Budden was making a bunch of rap, commercialized rap music, so yeah. Right. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, yeah. Um, but no, this song... Going through the lyrics now, um, I probably need to go back and listen to it, but it definitely is a slaughterhouse <laughs> song. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, like the the last verse, Crooked Eye's verse, uh, or King Crooked. I I I just can't call him Crooked Eye anymore. Um, but I, I mean, says, I was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. He says, "I'm right here, letting the shoddy pop quick as a karate chop. Get your body shot, get your top chop like a lollipop." Call it Maserati drop in the King shop. Get your mommy knocked and Uncle Tommy Molly whopped. Like that's that's <laughs> that's a King Crooked scheme right there, right? You know, uh, and then you know at the end he says uh, <clears throat> he says uh, why do it to try to do it without trying slaughterhouse because it's because <clears throat> to us it's so easy. Where's jump off Joe Beasy? Talking about Joe Budden. <laughs> yeah. Right. But um yeah, I mean I gotta listen to it. Like I said, I started right before it. Um not because I didn't want to listen to it, I just got caught up in the day. <laughs> um overall. Right. But no, it, it definitely going through the lyrics definitely looks like a like a slaughterhouse song that I like. Um because those guys play off each other so well with the same energy. Um, very I wish they still existed there it was a they had so much potential and it just fell apart it did yeah Budden went off the deep end uh like everybody else is still cool it's just like Budden he 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 went in at all 
the members of Slaughterhouse uh, over some beef him and M had. So, yeah, kind of guilty, kind of guilty by association, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all, all in all, what did you guys think of the recovery album? One of his best albums. Yeah, I, I definitely, definitely better than relapse. <laughs> definitely better relapse, but definitely a good re, a good, um outing since relapse because i mean relapse was just so bad right all right if you had to all right if you had to pick your top three favorite songs on their album what what, what would it be uh... fuck it i'll throw mine out there talking to myself uh going through changes 25 to life mine's talking to myself going through changes Almost famous, maybe. Yeah. Oh man, definitely talking to myself. Um, oh, are we just going the regular album or? Uh, I mean, if you want, I mean, if you want to go, I mean, if you want to, if you want to throw a song from the deluxe version, you can. I mean, I did a deluxe session. One is, man, that's that one. Talking to myself, uh, going through changes, twenty five to life, almost famous, uh, you're never over, and uh, session one. Yeah, those are, honorable those mention are white favorite. trash party. <laughs> no, <laughs> you, you you didn't like white trash party. No, I said honorable mention. No, it wasn't that bad. No, it was it was white trash. It was not. It wasn't that he said bad. It was white trash. You're damn right, it was white trash. It was <laughs> yeah. white trash party. <laughs> yeah, and it was so it was bad. It's fine. My God, live a little. Shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't go to white trash parties. Hey. No, you, you you live in Tennessee. I'm pretty sure you've been to a couple of white trash parties. Uh, people like me aren't invited to white trash parties. Hmm. I ain't never been invited to a white trash party. <laughs> I'm just, just throw one yourself. Honest. Just throw one yourself. Hey, I'll throw one and you're invited. Exactly. All right, we can do that. We'll have monster <laughs> energy drinks, a whole bunch of drywall to punch, uh, <laughs> Domino's pizza. Some black and miles. Some black and miles. Uh, you want the, you want you want you want the jazz with the wood tip? I don't know what fucking Kyle's smoking. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear Jesus in heaven! All right. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into this episode of the Rap Rewind series. In two weeks, we will be back with, I believe, Marshall Mathers LP two. Yep, that's what I'm looking for. We're looking forward to that one. Um, anything you guys want to say before we bounce out of here this evening? As always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things Movement Radio. Roger, anything from you? Not yet. Bet. All right, shout-out to Sean Thompson, Thompson Personal Training. Shout-out to Jerry and Jennifer at the Chronic Conversation Podcast. Andrew and Sean at the Warrior Workout Network, twitch.tv slash Demon for without Montanez. And should I watch that with Sean Miller. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Thank you to everybody who listens. 21,000 
downloads. And we appreciate you guys so much. We love you. And we appreciate you guys. And we'll see you guys next time on another edition of Rap Rewind. Let's hit them with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe. Click that bell to get notified of our latest videos. And check out what, check out movementradio.us. Wow. <laughs> I am Chip Hazard. I'm Talon Williams. Um, also, Eminem almost joined a church choir in his youth. And this is Movement Radio. <laughs> God's plan. <laughs> <laughs>